hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous Scotty Freytown, along with the very tasty Tyler Dean. Ooh, mm, so meaty. And I am also here with the very jacose Josh Rigsby. How are you doing today, bub? I'm doing great. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And welcome to the Outside Blitz, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a long, long two weeks, and uh, I know you've been missing a lot of us, but that's all right. Um, we are going to be covering all the stuff, all the news, all the fun stuff here in the NFL over the course of the last two weeks. It's it's kind of it's down season, buddy. It's down season, Tyler. Come on. So it, it's it's hard to really, you kind of start grasping at straws to get to get enough stories, and and that's and that's why we wait we waited two weeks because now about two weeks in we we have. Probably just enough information to, to get through some stuff here. Right. The offseason sucks, man. It's the boring. time of year. Yeah. I mean, I this is summertime. If, if the offseason was in the winter, it would just be a miserable time. To they got everybody talking about Laurel and Yanny. Yeah. <laughs> Laurel and Yanny. Come on. Which one is it? Which one do you hear, Josh? Which one did you hear? Uh, I heard. Uh, Come on. I, I heard Yanny. I heard Laurel. I heard Laurel first, but I can hear. I've, I've heard both. Well, well, that's because it's a frequency thing. But I digress. Speaking of of hearing things, um, I've been hearing some uh, horrible, horrible things about this new national anthem rule that's going on in the NFL. We have uh, the NFL passes a new national anthem rule. Players have to stay in the locker room when the national anthem is playing. They can't. Uh, uh, stay out on the field. No, 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 no. They can come out to the field, but if, if you want to protest, you can't yeah. be on the field. You just have to stay in the locker room. Yeah, you got to stay in the locker room to protest. That's what I mean. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't know how I feel about all this. I mean, on one end, you know, like, I get the NFL stance. I get the player stance. I get why they're upset because, because they really want to do this protest. I also get the NFL stance because, you know, at the end of the day, these players are punching the clock with them. You know, so I mean, they're they're still technically. But also, punching the clock with them or not, um, you 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 are allowed to protest at your job if, if peaceful, and that's what these guys are doing. Just a lot of people are looking at it from different perspectives, and I I do not think that they're kneeling to, to disrespect anybody in particular. They're they're kneeling to say that they don't agree with the way the country's handling certain things. Yeah. And there there are tons of military personnel that will that say the same thing that they they do not feel disrespected by this. So it's it's a very split thing. And it comes down to NFL made this call, whether you agree or not. They made this call strictly because they are losing a lot of ratings because of what happened last year and uh, whatever week it was. Yeah, and and they, well, I mean, all, all throughout the year, the, the the numbers were down. We knew they were down. Um, we know the owners approve of it. Um, the the NFL owners uh, were the ones that that approved the thing, which which you know it, it doesn't exactly surprise me. Um, and, and they're able to find a player um, if they, they don't show respect for the anthem when they're out of the field. Um, and that includes any attempt, sitting, kneeling, um, anything of the sort, doing push-ups. I mean, <laughs> anything that they do, you know, if, and, and they want people to be respectful of the anthem, they say, I understand it's a lot of it is just, you know, ratings, ratings, ratings. Because and, and you could really get really deep into it. Um, maybe you should stop selling concessions during this time. Um, you, you have cameramen that are on the ground um, videotaping during this. So it, it sounds like they're, they're targeting the players specifically. There's a lot more to this, and it, it's, it's just weird. 
Yeah, and, and certain owners, it's not all the owners that are on board with this. I know uh, the, the owner of the 49ers, Jed York, said he abstained from voting. Um, he just didn't want to be involved in it. Um, I, I kind of understand his, his spot. He doesn't want to be alienated, and at the same time, he doesn't want to have the players angry at him. I, I feel it. Um, it. It's a very, very strong, strong uh, decision to make. And, and one big thing is, is, you know, like every time we go to work, for example, we, we go to work and they give us a handbook, right? And they say, these are the rules you got to follow when you're on our clock. You got to wear this uniform. You got to show up at this time. You have to be, you know, they, they tell us the, to do these things. And, and they say, you're either going to do these things or you're not going to have a job. You're going to abide by our policies. Or you're not going to work here anymore. And and now the NFL is is imposing similar things on, except in the, it's a different scale. There's multi-million dollar players that they're they're imposing these wills on, and and a lot of people are outraged, but they don't seem to be outraged when they do it. You know, walking into a McDonald's somewhere. So I mean, it, it does raise the question: is, is this acceptable? Is this not acceptable? Are people reacting properly? Are they overreacting? I mean, it, there's a lot of questions there as far as that goes, and and to me, I actually and and a lot of people I might get some flack for this. I actually agree with the NFL doing this. I think it's it's. Uh, not just respect for the flag, but I also think it's it's um, respect for the folks that are that are you know coming to see America's game. I mean, a lot of people say America's game is baseball. Eh, eh, it's football. But at the same time, um, prior to 2009, no player was on the field for the anthem. They, players didn't come out to the field until after the anthem was over. Right, and so, a lot of players still stayed in the locker room, but they they still stood. I think that's one thing they always showed. The camera always showed the locker rooms. You could still see those players standing at that time. Well, you, you, that's not to say everyone did. I mean, they, they probably showed the ones on camera that they, that they wanted to show just to show whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, NFL's camera is going to show what NFL wants you to see. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and that could, could very well be the case. Yeah, what's funny about it is, is um, people – Sitting at home, there's a lot of people that won't stand. There's a lot of people that won't do anything. They're just they're sitting on their couch, just chill out. Yeah, you know. And it's Keep when it comes matches. when it comes to this, it's uh, I agree with the rule. I think that um, you know, it's just it's shed a lot of negative uh, feedback from f fans who are outraged, even though when they're at home, they're sitting on their couch instead of standing or whatever. But then you also have these these players who, while they're trying to uh, do it for all the for, for the right reasons and not to offend anyone. The um, these you know these uh, these players are just you know I mean this gives them a chance to okay well either way I'm not on the field I'm not you know that's still a stand I guess in a sense you know yeah if you're not out there they're gonna notice and you know and and one thing that I I found kind of interesting about the the whole ordeal is is you have. Um, it was all started, you know, you, you got these, these guys out here. It was started by Colin Kaepernick, you know. Right. And, and you've got this, this new uh, uh, reign of support here for Colin Kaepernick. We're not going to, and a lot of the players are saying, well, we aren't going to take the field and play football if, if Colin Kaepernick's not hired again. And they're, they're saying that, you know, there's a collusion case going on here. We all know that collusion case going on. I mean, let's face facts. let what what was Colin Kaepernick doing at that particular time? Um, you know, fighting what, for his job. Fighting for his job. I mean, let's let's face that fact. The the man was in in a down year. 
he got benched in the final four games of the season. Uh, he, he was, he didn't even, he, he only had 2,200 yards on the year. I, I mean, he, he really wasn't playing up to snuff. I mean, a lot of people in the, the big thing when you, when you talk about this is people always talk about, Oh, well, look at his touchdowns versus his interceptions. He had 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. Well, hang on a friggin' minute. The guy only had 2,200 yards. We're 12 games into the season. He's not, you know, breaking the mold here. He's not tearing the world up. He's not lighting the world on fire. He, he looks like a very less-than-mediocre quarterback. He, was, he wasn't ranked very high in 2016, and the guy's fighting for his job. Now, what I see, I see a guy fighting for his job, and there's he, he's trying to keep himself relevant. I mean, that's what I see. I see a guy out there that, that said, you know what? I'm going to make sure that there's headlines about me. And what else What else was going on with Colin Kaepernick? And, and, and anybody can feel free to chime in. What, what else during that specific season was going on with Colin Kaepernick? I heard he was having trouble with his, uh, with his throwing. Well, not only that, he was in a contract year. He was in a contract year. I mean, this guy's in a contract year, and he, he's about to hit free agency. The 49ers aren't re-signing him, and now suddenly, out of nowhere, he starts kneeling during the national anthem near the end. It's, Come on now. This should set off alarms to anybody. And then this guy, this this freaking guy, after he gets done doing all of that, he has the audacity to walk up to a podium with, with a, a T-shirt that's got a picture of Fidel Castro on the front that proclaims Castro as a great leader. And I'm supposed to think that this guy gives a crap about any protest at all after he's wearing a shirt depicting one of the biggest racists in the history of the world? And he's over here supposedly protesting racial inequality in the United States? Come on now. That's a, in the words of, of my favorite player of all time, Chris Carter, come on, man. It, it sounds <laughs> like a, a, a cry for, okay, well, if no one's going to sign, I'm going to stir the pot a little bit. Right. And at this point, it was, okay, well, I'm going to make it look like it's their fault, not mine. Right. Now, while I agree with him at the end of the day that there is definitely some racial inequality issues in this country, absolutely, absolutely it's there. You, you'd be you'd be stupid to claim otherwise, right? Just Kaepernick, just he he wasn't the right person to put in the forefront of, of this movement. Absolutely not. I mean, there's too many guys that that are are you know, and and there were different ways of them protesting this that I honestly didn't mind, and I think a lot of people didn't mind. You know, later on this this last season, you had guys that were coming out with their arms linked, mm-hmm. and that was something. Not not only did that say, I I like the country that I live in, and I I love my country. It showed a deal a deal of uh, uh, patriotism, but I also like the fact that it showed a degree of unity. And I, I thought that that a lot of people out there felt the same way that they were seeing these guys walk out of the field, arms linked, standing up, and they're going, you know what? They're still they're still okay with with being American, but at the same time they're they're showing that unity that that some things need to change in this world, and I think that's the big thing that people need to start throwing out there rather than you know kneeling and and you know for See, making people feel like they're being disrespected. I'm a little indifferent. I I, I did like the uh, arms length, but I I'm, I'm also okay with the kneeling just because to me it's 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 not disrespecting. They they don't mean as that. Um, yes, you're going to have people that view it that way, but just because one person views it that way doesn't mean the person who did it means it that way. And I think that's the case for 99% of these guys. But the problem is, and, and we all know, perception is everything in this world. You know, perception is everything. And, and 
you could, I mean, for example, look at this. We, we just dealt with it, and, and I hate to delve into this, but look at this Roseanne Barr stuff from this week. I mean, we saw that lady make, make a horrible racist comment on her Twitter feed, and, and she claimed she was, you know, uh, uh, misunderstood, and that could very well be. I mean, we've seen plenty of people go out and be misunderstood, but still gain a lot of flack and get their their TV shows canceled and get fired from their jobs and whatever else. We see this all the time in our world. Perception is everything. And, and you know, I, I, I just debate whether or not, um, you know, NFL players, I, I guess, uh, you know, it almost seems like they feel like they're exempt from the rule. Does that make sense? I, I feel like that does. It's like they feel like they're they're exempt from from uh, uh, you know that that I guess scrutiny you could say from you know kneeling on kneeling down and on the field. I, it, to me, you still accept the scrutiny regardless of whether or not you are misunderstood, whether or not you truly meant it. It means something out there. And, and I'm supposed to believe in, in, in Colin Kaepernick. And I'm supposed to sit here and want to see this guy, if I'm an NFL owner, signed to my football team with all the, the craziness and obnoxiousness. And, and eventually, with all this lawsuit stuff going on, somebody is going to have to bite the bullet. There's going to be that one team out there that goes, ah, to hell with it. I'll sign them just to shut them up. You know, somebody's going to, and, and this is, with this lawsuit on top of it, now it's become even more so, it looks like a, a coup for money. Mm-hmm. You know, which I mean, if, if the guy was really in it for for what he claimed, you know, we wouldn't have this lawsuit sitting in front of us right now. So I, I think there's a, a lot of factors that go into this. Tyler, do you like this rule? I'm indifferent. You're indifferent, Josh. Do you like the rule? Uh, I do. Yeah, and that's where I'm at. I'm I'm with Josh here. I like this rule. I think it's a good rule. I think it's it's something that that is going to uh, uh, keep people a little more interested. We saw too many boycotts. I love the NFL. I want to see it thrive. Even though I hate Roger Goodell, I would really like to see the NFL thrive, and, and I'm okay with this rule and moving forward. There's, there are still a few players that are undecided on if they're going to resist this rule, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Kenny Stills being one of them saying he's undecided, he still has time to think about it. Yeah. Um, he said, I do understand that the message has been changed, but I also understand that as the NFL being the most watched sport in the United States – one of the most sports watch in the world, they have an opportunity to set the bar and set the standard and change the narrative and write the narrative on how they want to. Still said, I just feel like from from beginning, if the narrative would have been set one way and the league would have had our backs and really put the message there the right way and tried to educate people in the work on the work that we're doing and why we're doing it, it we might be in a different place than we are right now. Right, and there's the league and these players have to find some degree of common ground. Otherwise, you're going to lose a great deal of players on top of all and, this. And that, that quote about um, the, the league helping the, helping people understand why the players are doing what they're doing, I, I, I fully agree with Kenny Stills on that. I feel like there's such a disconnect between the league and the players to, and to where nobody got to really understand what was going on because it just turned into be angry that they're kneeling, don't. And and whether you agree with me or not, can, can we agree, Scott and Josh, that the first thought was let's be angry about it, not why are they doing this? Well, and, abs- and, it's, and, it, and it's a really shitty thing. Absolutely, you saw the the video come out, the initial video. You know, I remember that video that day. It came out on ESPN. Oh, look at this guy! And they had a big circle around Colin Kaepernick sitting on the bench. You know, not 
not you know standing for the national anthem. They made this big hubbub about it, and and there was there was a very shoot first, ask questions later type of mentality, and and I understand the message. Was the gesture kind of a poor gesture, a poor choice of a gesture? Yeah, yeah I think so. It definitely was. You know, because it's like I said, like I, I agree that the NFL and the players, they need to find that degree of common ground. But when you have these NFL players like like kneeling, somebody's gonna look at that and say, that's disrespectful. And then but but you heard very, very little about, say, the linked arms deal. And mm-hmm. I think that's the point I'm getting at is is you know, they're the, the players took a step forward and, and you know, baby steps. You got to take those baby steps. They, they, and they took a baby step forward and said, all right, you know what? Let's find that common ground. And, and the players started meeting the league a little bit. And the league now needs to start meeting the players. If, if the players want to link arms, I think that's okay. I think that shows unity. But, but do players want to kneel on the field? And I don't know about all that because, you know, there's some people out there, and, and I was one of them when I initially saw it, there's going to be people out there that are going to find that disrespectful regardless of, you know, the message that a guy like Colin Kaepernick or whoever else is doing it is trying to send. And I think that that says a lot about about this rule and what's going on in the NFL today. And also with them um, leaking arms, they're showing, okay, we are united as um, as Americans, but we are doing this as the protest. Right. So... They're, at least they're standing for the national anthem, but they're doing it unitedly for their own agenda, as far as um, respectfully. Right, and, you know. and that's the thing. It's it's respectful. There there is a, a point where you can you can be a respectful protester. You know, you can you can go out there. I mean, I I can go out there and respect the guy that goes out and, and carries a sign on the picket line. I'm not going to respect the guy that goes in and throws a brick through a window. You know, and that's that's where where we draw that line. Where do you and and to me, you draw the line where each pe- each group has to meet each other half halfway. Kudos to the players midway through the year for standing out there, linking arms and standing. Yeah, I feel like the league and, and the players should absolutely um, come together with some kind of agreement if this doesn't work out. And um, if it doesn't work out, you know, maybe they could have um, the fans uh, do a vote as to what they find respectful and disrespectful. And it kind of, you know, it puts everybody into something to where they can come to some kind of compromise. Well, in the, I, I disagree with the vote things. At the end of the day, no matter what you do, there's going to be at least a handful of people that don't like what you're doing. Yeah, it, it, I don't know if, you, if you're going to let it go out as a vote, but, but you know, you're, you're going to have to, the league's going to have to budge a little bit. I think that's one thing that's for sure. The league's going to have to budge a little bit. I, I do think that the players found, you know, their their happy medium there. The players mm-hmm. found a, a good spot to stay. I'm okay with people being united. Yep. I'm okay with people, you know, being united against a, a or, or or for or against something or for a certain cause. I'm great about that. I, I I was like, wow, that when I saw that, I was like, that is respectful and that is kind and that is okay. And these guys really truly mean something. I love unity. But when these players are out here, you know, kneeling and I don't, I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. You, you can do that respectfully and you can, you can be all right with it. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on to the, uh, the other rule changes in the NFL. We had quite a few um, within the last two weeks here. The kickoff rule has been changed by the NFL. Um, 
Crazy, crazy, crazy changes. I mean, at what point does this stop being football? Tyler, give me something. Now, I, I, I fully understand their point. I mean, the majority of all injuries and the hardest hits in the game come from the kickoff. Nobody can argue that. It, it, it's one of those things. You, you know what you get with that with that play. It's 22 players going, going, going at each other at once. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I see the league's point and continue to try to make the league safe. I think if you're falling under the, the, the same mold that they've been doing on some of these other, other changes, like not using the Kyrie helmet to hit players, they, they're, go, they're, they're, they're following that same mold that makes sense. But it takes away from the play. Yeah, it does take away from the play. There are certain things about this that, that um, you know, for, from an NFL standpoint, it kind of makes it exciting. Because from, mm-hmm. uh, from strictly an NFL standpoint and for the owner's sake, you know, you're going to get more exciting. I mean, just looking by at the rule itself, the, the, they have like five or six new, new rules, parts of this rule. And if you look at it, the, the, you're going to get a lot more exciting plays. You're going to get a lot more long kickoff returns for touchdowns. I mean, there is nothing. Like just looking at that rule, me personally, what I'm seeing is you're going to see a, a, a kick return or return the ball to the 40-yard line on every single kickoff. Yeah, you're going to see, I mean, one of the biggest things to that rule and one of the biggest things about a kickoff is it is very it's a very exciting play. Um, it's the first play to start a game. You know, people want to see something exciting happen instead of somebody kicking it into the end zone and they kneel it. Right. It, it, it's 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 meant to kick off the show. You know, it's meant to get people excited and into the game. And it's you know the rule. While some things about it people may not agree with, but at the same time. It's going to help the excitement grow a little bit as well. Uh, but at what point do we do we stop giving a crap about like you're almost making the the kickoff academic? You know, you're you're making it, it strictly. I mean, it's an easy play at that point. I mean, it, you I can almost guarantee you that you're going to have these these kick returners taking that ball back to the the forty and fifty yard line. I mean, just but judging by what I'm seeing, you'll have longer returns, but you're but you'll actually drop your. Uh, return for touchdown percentage because just the way, just how, the way the rules kind of end up you have a lot of players bunched up probably right around the mid, midfield mark and it'll be hard to get around that but i mean does it does it take away from the game at a certain point i mean think about it you've got these these nfl caliber offenses going down here they're almost always going to have great starting position i mean judging by this rule i mean you've got an area of the field where they can't hit anybody you've got uh, uh wedge blocks and that's that's one thing that that may I mean, and the, the league has been phasing out wedge blocks for over the course of the last, you know, five, six years here. But losing a wedge block on a, um, you know, on a uh, kickoff, it might wind up making, you know, it, it'll a little bit more difficult for these, these kickers to actually take off downfield. But do you, do these players really have a good opportunity to make a tackle at the, you know, you always see a guy and he takes it out of the, at the two yard line, he runs it all the way to the 18 and gets blasted because somebody was, was moving. Now, does that take, does it give too much on that play? Does it take away from what the offense is doing? The offense gets to start at the 45, 50 yard line. You know, I mean, it raises that question, you know, at what point, I mean, is it just going to be strictly an offensive game? You know, well, that's, that's a lot. Pretty much been becoming as more of an offensive game uh, over the years. I think they should have that they should have did what they did with the uh the, the kickoff rule from a few years ago. 
and do it during preseason and see if you want to implement it going to 2019. Right, and it yeah. would have been smarter to do it, go that route than, than just slamming it out yeah. there, here you yeah. go. You know, that would have made a lot more sense. I believe that this kickoff rule is going to be awful. I, I agree. I feel like it'll last. It, it, there's a very good chance it lasts a year, and they're like, well, let's change it up a little bit. Yeah, and the, the I mean, the, this whole thing where they, they don't even get a, a running start into to what they're doing, they, they don't get the, the five-yard running start, you know, to, to get moving. I get it. You know, you don't want guys running full speed at each other. Same time, it, it really makes them very easy to block. Very, very easy to block. You're going to find guys that are, like I said, going to be blocked at the 50-yard line, no problem, and you're going to have... Uh, and also you have your kick returner who's lights out speed usually. Yeah. I mean, And he's just going to take off. You get a guy like Cordero Patterson, for example, and and granted he hasn't been hot for a minute, but you get what I'm saying. You got a Tyreek Hill, yeah, Ross. Those guys can fly. So does this rule make sense? I mean, from a safety standpoint, yeah, it makes total sense if you want to keep a player safe. And I understand the owner's trying to protect their investments. That's fine. You want to protect your investment, good for you. Um, but, it, oh, my gosh. It, it, I mean, eight of the return team's players now begin in the 15-yard zone near midfield. Think about that. So, so you're already going to have eight of the blockers right up front. It's it's basically a punt at that point. Yeah, I mean, you might as well just have the guy. I mean, have the guy kicking off. I mean, it, it and and the it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You're not going to have those those players plowing downfield like like they used to making tackles. You know, deep in the in enemy territory. You're not going to have those safeties. You're not going to have those those big plays. Those athletic tackles. And I, at a certain point, I almost feel like you're going to want to start putting defensive ends and defensive tackles up there, you know, and, and have them doing the, doing the job. I, I don't believe that the, well, I believe that it's going to allow the kickoff to be an exciting play. I think you're taking away from the rest of the game. You know, you're, you're taking away from what an offense can do. You're taking away from what a quarterback, you know, can do, what a running back can do. You really are taking away from that. You're also backing up defenses even farther. And they have a less of a field to um, to defend. Right, you're you're backing up those defenses. I, I, you you you, I mean, and then look at this: no blocking in the first 15 yards. I mean, that that's another thing. They can't block anybody within the first 15 yards. Well, shit, you know, it's it it it, it takes away that that physicality of the game. I think. No, 100. percent I think this is gonna be a rule that doesn't last very long. It's gonna go away. I, I don't know what they were thinking of this one. No, I, I don't understand it either. The one part of this rule that I think is better is that there's no need to kneel anymore. So, I mean, I, that's the, the one part of this rule where I'm going, hey, all right, this makes a lot of sense. Ball goes in the end zone, ball hits end zone, it's automatically a touchback. We're going to the 25-yard line. They don't have to kneel down in the end zone anymore and, and risk an unnecessary collision, and we've seen that before. Guys mm-hmm. get the ball, they kneel down in the end zone, they get plowed when they're when they're kneeling down. We've seen that. I think that that part of the rule, that's a sensible thing. I mean, kudos to the, the league for doing that. Um, but the the rest of it is just craziness. I mean, it's absolute craziness. I, you're taking away from the game of football. You're taking away from the physicality of the game of football. These guys know what they sign up for when they sign a contract. You're, 100%. You're in the NFL. You know, welcome to the game. You know, you're, you're going to get hit. So, um, 
Now that's all we got for our first portion of the show. I just wanted to give us a quick word from our sponsors and we will be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, Tyler Dean. The titillating Tyler Dean. Don't interrupt me. Oh, come on. Don't interrupt me when I'm talking. But adjectives, Tyler. Adjectives. You need to learn to shut they up. Are, they are a must. Yes. Shut we up, have, Josh. We have to be very, very descriptive. To this, po- to this podcast. As I was saying, I am Tyler Dean. The very I'm tall Tyler Dean. <laughs> <laughs> I am Tyler Dean and my co-host, the fabulous... Scotty Freytown. I'm a gorgeous, gorgeous man, and we are here with the um, the very judicious. I love it. Josh Rigsby. Judicious. Judicious. Don't you like that one, Tyler? It's okay. It's okay. I, I have had better, but he, he, he was very, very judgmental. No, I, I don't know. Well, maybe. You're grabbing at straws. Now. I am, kind of. He's showing good judgment, though. According to the definition as well. Whatever. Uh, come on. So we're going to continue around the league and just kind of a lot of the other stories that have gone on the last couple of weeks. We're going to start with uh, what I consider to be a, a big one. We, we talked with him during the last show, and I'll admit, I was wrong. Yeah, somebody, oh my gosh, somebody give me some rock salt. we got to go sprinkle it on all the places where hell just froze over. Brandon Marshall has been signed by the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, baby. I uh, thought for sure Des Bryant would go first, but... Like hell he would. We definitely showed you. Yeah, we showed you. We, yeah, I would say, shut up, you weren't here, but you were sitting right here, so... Yes. We, we Screw this. We showed the very the very uh, tender Tyler Dean. Scott, just stop. No. <laughs> <laughs> Adjectives are the best. This is the most fun I've had all day. Okay, stop digressing and... Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall, baby. I love this signing um, to an extent. Uh, Brandon Marshall has, uh, I mean, they lost Paul Richardson. Big loss for Seattle. Um, Brandon Marshall could be the guy. He's older, though. Got, that's obviously age is starting to factor in. We've seen Brandon Marshall kind of decline. Kind of. He's severely declined. Well, I mean, with, with, he was nothing in Jets. With injury. Well, I wouldn't say he was nothing with the well, Jets. His last season in Jets, he was a non-factor. And then he went. He stayed in New York and did diddly in in, in New York Giants. Well, with the the G Men didn't have really much of anybody that did anything. I mean, let's be real here. I mean, they still have Eli Manning. They didn't have a run game and defense was their big problem. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no run game. I mean, and I I, I wouldn't say he was a non-factor with the Jets in 2016 either. I mean, you're talking 788 yards. I mean. He, he didn't have a whole lot of TDs, but he still put up 788 yards. 
not bad for a very aging man. Um, not his worst season, though. I, I, I will say he, he didn't have his worst season. I mean, obviously his worst season was his rookie season when he only put up 309 yards, and then he went on an absolute tear. And then uh, 2014 with the Bears, he he digressed a little bit. But, I mean, and then he, he came back strong with the Jets, 1,500 yards in two, 2015. That's a hell of a showing for, for a – a, an aging player there at that time he was what 30 31 32 years old so he's starting to get up there can brandon marshall have a career resurgence everything points to yes not everything well i mean the track record does uh every time brandon marshall has gone somewhere his very first year in first year maybe possibly his second year have been hot 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 and we we've seen that before uh, but my issue is he's joined a team that I consider to be a sinking ship right now and is going to make their way to not being a playoff contender anymore in Seattle. Now, yeah, and I agree with you there, but here's a question for you. Do they start hitting a guy like Brandon Marshall more because they lack a degree of weaponry? Do, do they start you know, throwing the ball a lot more out to a guy like Brandon Marshall who's going to wind up getting open? Mm-hmm. Yes and no. I mean, I think they're definitely going to try, but I, I, I think the problem's going to be is, uh, as Marshall ages, his uh, resiliency, his speed, his strength is, are all going to start to diminish, and it's going to be clear in the field that he can't keep up with the younger guys anymore. Right. Mm, I don't know about that. Um, I feel like, I mean, last year he got hurt. I felt he was going to be decent in, in New York, but he got hurt. And, um, you know, I feel like he's going to bring the same presence that Anquan Bolden brought to Detroit. Ooh, that's that's a uh, and, and the reason why is he's a, he's a veteran guy. He knows how to get open. He knows what to do, and he's going to bring that in. I mean, yeah, they they brought in some of the receivers like you know Jaron Brown, who was who was a good signing, um, but he provides that he provi- he provides that veteran. Plus, he's he, he's a he's a decent player still. I don't think he's like you know you're over here hating on him, Tyler, but uh, I think he's going to do. Pretty well, um, because you got to think Doug Baldwin's still there, who's productive. Right, he's a very productive receiver, and he's going to take some. You know, he's going to take some targets from him. He's also going to he's also going to uh, help relieve the stress that's on Doug Baldwin. And and let's not forget what went on last year with the Giants. Um, I mean, Marshall was kind of the only the only weapon that Eli had for a brief minute there wasn't OBJ injured last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's, let's not think about let, or let's not, you know, forget about that. Odell but, Beckham was, was hurt. To it, but at the same time though, there's gotta be a reason why New York let him go. New York doesn't have many weapons outside of Odell. Mm-hmm. So the, the, I, there's something there. And I, and I think that they see that he's starting to slow down and I'm not hating on Brandon Marshall. I still like Brandon Marshall. I think he's getting to that point to where he's on the cusp of hanging up the boots. Uh, I and I, I think at 34 years old, any NFL player is on the cusp of hanging up the boots. But but does it really mean that a guy like Brandon Marshall can't play at a high level when he was the only target that Eli Manning had? All you had to do is stay on on Brandon Marshall. That's all you had to do. Odell Beckham gets carted off with an ankle injury. Who in the hell does does Eli Manning really have to throw to on that team? Aside from Brandon Marshall, I mean. Brandon Marshall only had a, had eighteen receptions last season. Right, he didn't. He, they weren't going to get a whole lot of receptions to him. Once that target goes off the board, 
that's it. I mean, Once Odell is the only productive player you have. People are like, okay, well, this is easy. Yeah, this is easy to cover him. Odell Beckham goes down week five with a with an ankle injury, week four with an ankle injury, and that's that. You know, I think I think you would have seen Brandon Marshall at least putting up 800 to 900 yards last season. Had Odell Beckham stayed on the field because it draws that attention mm-hmm. away from a guy like Brandon Marshall, it allows him to make plays. You have one guy on the field that's productive, and that I mean, and then after that one guy on the field is is that's productive is is being covered. I mean, then what? You you don't have a running back that can do anything there, right? We we've we've established that. Mm-hmm. So where were the Giants going? I didn't buy anybody else that was on that team as a receiver. Nope. I mean, it, nobody else uh, uh, put up monster numbers, did they? Uh, nope. No. <laughs> you know, I mean, let, let's face facts. I didn't hear anything great coming out of uh, New York last year. Yeah, and and so. Now they, they Brandon Marshall goes bye bye, and and goes away to uh, uh, a team that honestly could be something special. I, I you know Sterling Shepard could have been something special over there, um, you know for the G Men, but I mean he did have uh, uh, 731 yards, but 731 yards is not a a an Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, he had. Two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, it was 731 yards is not the 1,500-yard the seasons that we're accustomed to seeing from uh, from an Odell. But before Odell went down, the, in the four weeks that Odell was there, first week, Brandon Marshall had one reception for 10 yards. Second week, one reception for 17 yards. Third week, eight reception for 66, his best game of the season. Even before Odell went down, um, Marshall was a non-factor. But let's, let's put it in perspective here. Would Brandon Marshall have gotten hot? Could he have gotten hot? Could Brandon Marshall have gone out and started putting up, you know, could he have put up at least 800 yards last season? I think he could have. And I think Sterling Shepard is, is a, uh, the reason, be, you know, would have, is an example of that that can happen. Think about this. He did that without Odell on the team. Had Odell been there? No, I'm, I'm telling I'm you, these are the weeks that Odell was there. Okay. Right, right but, but here's my point. Sterling Shepard goes out there and puts up 731 yards with Brandon Marshall being the guy that's primarily covered. Sterling I Shepard disagree. goes. I disagree. Sterling Shepard was primarily covered. Ah, uh, he's listed as the number three receiver. I don't think he's. I think he's speedier than Brandon Marshall, but I, do I think he's necessarily more athletic? Uh, debatable. Um, Brandon Marshall was the guy that was getting covered. Brandon Marshall was drawing coverages. Sterling Shepard, you know, he got he got the big payoff for it. 731 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he had a big week two game against Philadelphia. Though. Yeah, big week two in Philly. He had 139 yards. He also had a big game in, in against San Francisco, who an ailing San Francisco. Yeah, you know who who really had no defense at the time um, in November. So I mean, and it, uh, Philly wasn't week two. That was uh, actually week 16. Oh, gotcha. But um, San Francisco. I mean, he had 142 yards in San Francisco, and and Sterling Shepard's one of those guys, honestly, that's hit or miss. Okay, so that was late in the year when neither one of those guys were there. Right. So. Yeah, because um, Marshall didn't play past week five. Yeah. So I mean, let's let's face it. You know, is Brandon Marshall going to be? I, I don't know that he'll be the answer in Seattle. I'm gonna I'm gonna end end no. this with this. Brandon Marshall will will have the fourth. Amount of receiving yards on the team, Ooh. maybe fifth. Ooh, you think Jerron Brown is going to outdo him? 
Yes. Ah, so see, I Jerron like that. Jerron Brown will double his yards. Jerron Brown, I like him a lot, and and he had he had a good time in Arizona. So I I'm actually gonna I'm gonna double down on that and say yeah yeah that's that's absolutely gonna happen, and I I think Jerron Brown is also gonna get more touchdowns than Brandon Marshall this year. It's funny we bring up we bring up uh, bold predictions because spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Your main oh yeah, it's gonna be exciting. Um. So we've got Brandon Marshall. Um, Tyler, take us home, baby. I hate injuries. It, I, I want every team to be at the very best. So, so at the end of the year, I mean, for one, you never want to see a player get hurt, let alone a severe injury. But ideally, I think any fan would say you want every team to be as healthy as possible. So when and if your team wins the Super Bowl, everyone was at their 110%. Right. And the Chargers just took a major blow. Yeah, losing Hunter Henry for the year. Yeah, torn ACL, out for the season. Um, I'm not going to sit here and and say Hunter Henry was was some sort of you know magnificent game changing monster tight end. You know he's not he's not the Jimmy Grams of the world. He's not putting up thousands of yards. But he can be because because he was going to his first year outside the shadow of Antonio Gates. Right, five seventy nine, four touchdowns last year. Not a bad year. Um. Could have could have definitely uh, gotten a little more, I think. Played fourteen games. Well, yeah, I played fourteen games last year. I I like Hunter Henry a lot, and and this this is a big blow. I mean, especially for for a guy like Philip Rivers, who who loves to run and gun. Guy's got a great arm. Um, we know he's got a great arm. Guys like Hunter Henry are great for him. Uh, you lose a guy like Antonio Gates. You need a guy like Hunter Henry hanging around. And uh, now he's not. And now they're they're going to have to start relying on on uh, Virgil Green. It looks like is the next man up now, for him. I'm counting six guys that could they, they could bring in. Yeah, and, and one of which being the guy that's been their golden goose at tight end for yep. the last 15 years in Antonio Gates. And Gates Gates could be the answer. I I don't know that. Here's the the question that that everybody's got to ask themselves about a guy like Antonio Gates. Is he going to come in and is he going to charge that big money to come in to to a team that's got a dire situation? Or is he going to say, I love San, uh, or well, now LA, I, I love the Chargers, I love this team, I love this organization, I'll give you guys the old-fashioned, you know, old guy discount and say, here you go. I, I think it's going to be a small deal because I don't think Antonio Gates garners a huge contract these days. I also think that with him, it's a smart decision. One, he knows the team. He knows the playbooks. He knows what he has to do. He can come in right away and just go. And him, him and uh, Rivers are very close. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's that's one thing. Gates Gates is a, a consummate professional. I think he could he could do something big there. There's a lot of questions there. He shows up. You know, does the man come in and say, "Well, you pay me eight million dollars and I'll come play for your team," or does he say? Yeah, pay me two. It'll be less, it'll be. Um, he'll have to beg for one point for one mil, one two mil. And and that could very well well be the case. Uh, I I think Gates would be the. I mean, it would be the ideal. Um, that would be the ideal uh, uh, choice. As far as uh, uh, you know, making a selection to fill that role. Now, there's a lot of tight ends available. I got I got the list right here in front of me here. Mm-hmm. Kobe Fleener, coming out released from the Saints. That'd be that'd be a good pick. Another older guy. Yep. 
Yep. Uh, Fleener, I mean, he's kind of older. Um, he, he's what, he just hit, what, 29, 30? I thought he was older than that. No, could be wrong. no he, he, he came in the same year as Luck. Um, I think he's close to 29, 30 years old. Then that'd be a good pick. A good choice. Um, the, he's a guy that didn't really pan out over in, in New Orleans, so it, it could be an interesting little oomph for that. He had a better season. He was the secondary tight end in, in uh, Indianapolis. Yeah, you can right. give the guy a one-year deal, especially if he's 29. You give him that one-year deal. He's hitting 30. You're kind of like, okay, we'll want to see what you can do. Now, and, and knowing that you have a guy like Hunter Henry, I think no matter who you get, it's going to be a one-year deal. Yeah. yeah. I know I know he announced his retirement recently, um, but a guy that is still kind of on everybody's radar for this position would be Martellus Bennett. I think he could make a move, could be a smart move. Um, Bennett makes sense all around. Veteran player, good hands, great in the red zone. Would be a perfect fit, I think, in that in that equation there. Uh, Bennett would be a good pick, but I, I see Bennett sticking to retirement. Yeah, and... and Actually, and weirdly enough, my favorite going into this whole thing, I, I love him, and, and he didn't pan out in Miami. I love Julius Thomas. The thing with Julius Thomas is when he went to Miami, he went to a subpar quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, he, go, you go from Manning to Tannehill. He, I mean, come on. I mean, I, I know a lot, of, a lot of us pro Manning guys have lost our argument when it comes to GOAT because Tom Brady's keeping winning Super Bowl, so I've talked my tail between my legs about that, but um, – I, I digress. Julius Thomas has proven what he can do with a phenomenal quarterback. And I'm sorry, Philip Rivers is still a phenomenal quarterback. He really is. He really is a great quarterback. He can still play at a high level, great arm. I love Philip Rivers. Um, another guy that I think would really fit in, especially, I mean, they could probably get him on a long-term deal because of his age. Crockett Gilmore. Mm-hmm. I was seeing the same guy. Yep, still hanging out. The problem is, is he's been hurt a lot, oh, yeah. and he's he's got some issues. And I I wanted to like Crockett Gilmore in Baltimore, but it just never panned out. Oh, you loved him. You loved him. Don't lie. In, oh, in Madden, absolutely. <laughs> but in 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 real life, um, Crockett Gilmore, he's always hurt. He's not really the uh, he can he's a pass catcher, but he can't block to save his life. And, but but do you need I mean at that point do you need a blocking tight end or are you looking for a receiving tight end losing a guy like Hunter Henry depends who how your your line is interested in. right and but and that two, raises two the other, question two other guys I like though uh, he spent a long time in Philly and he's free agent now is Brent Selleck yeah age thirty three a uh, little bit more of an older guy got uh, still has good hands he kind of uh, he he had that that job taken away from him by uh, old Zach Ertz there. Um, Injuries, just like you were saying about Crockett Gilmore, injuries mm-hmm. seem to be the the common thing that that show up when Brent Selleck is uh, talked about. And the only other guy that comes to mind that they could pick up, and that's Zach Miller. Yeah, Miller Miller's always a solid choice. Um, not the best, not the worst. Knows how to play ball. Um, I see a few other guys that that I always really like to. You know, I, I see a guy like Michael Pruitt. Um, still young, good hands, great pass catcher, great playing in the trenches. I liked him a lot. Um, I also like Anthony Fasano. Uh, that's a guy that, I mean, as an aging player, he still played at a high level with great speed, good hands, great in the red zone. Uh, I liked Anthony Fasano, and, and he still he played really well with the Dolphins for many, many years. So I do like, like him a lot. I think he would be a, a solid fit there. Either way, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what the Chargers do at, at tight end position, if anything. Ultimately, I think they're going to wind up sticking with Virgil Green here, I, and and 
just saving themselves the money, saving yep. themselves the cap space, and just say, up oh, next man up. Uh, and I, I will say that um, as someone who watches my, my team news very closely, um, Ravens are considering trading one of their tight ends if both their rookies pan out severely well. Mm. And plus they still have Max Williams, who, yep. who hasn't panned out, but I mean, maybe he turns it around. So if, if those three <clears throat> tight ends can do, some, do, do the work here in, in the offseason – that's a, a potential trade partner I could see. It, yeah, it's it's definitely out there. It's on the table. I mean, there are other teams that that also need tight ends as well. So. Absolutely. Because going into this going into the season, um, Hurst is going to be the the, the the guy in Baltimore, but it's the uh, I can't think of his name right now. The other guy who I think a lot of people think could could take it, but they both uh, do well. At I mean, you, Ravens can pick up some a, a pretty good piece for trading a rookie tight end. Yep, exactly. But let's uh, move on for we have a, a lot of uh, random news that's kind of gone on through the league. Let's kind of start off from the top. Uh, it, we had a the Cardinals uh, uh, got Jamar Taylor from the Browns. Uh, it, it's a good pick. Uh, mm-hmm. Jamar Taylor, I like that player a lot. Um, the Cards kind of got away with one here. They they didn't give up much for him. I, I think they got away with murder on this one. It's it's weird with the with the Browns. They either get really good steals or they give up really good players for nothing. Yeah, and it, they they gave up Taylor. Um I mean, Taylor's a good corner. Um and and all they gave Cleveland was a, a sixth round draft pick. Uh he started 15 games for the Browns last year. Uh, he had a forced fumble. He had a sack. He appeared in all 16 games. At least they got something out of him instead of just, oh, we're just going to cut Joe Hayden, one of the best corners of the game. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Taylor, he's, he's only 27 years old. Uh, he was, a, he was a, a team captain, so he's got that leadership quality that you got to like. Absolutely. Um, they, they went out there and picked up Denzel Ward from Ohio State, um, and, and that's the whole reason, you know, for, for training a guy like Jamar Taylor. Yep. Um, you know, it, it kind of it really works out well for them. Jamar Taylor can play as a starter in this league. He's proven that on several occasions. He lines up opposite of Patrick Peterson, and they wind up with a, a you know a, a great player. He has three three career interceptions, all of which in 2016, um, and and I think that kind of says something because in 2016, you know, he was again starting all those games. I like this move a lot. Cardinals get a steal. Browns give up a lot more than they should have. I mean, it's it's. I mean, I, I like the move. If I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan, I hate the move. If I'm a Cleveland Browns guy, hundred percent. So, Reuben Foster can't keep himself out of the news. Well, he can't. But this time it was for something good. Yeah, but this time it's not as. It, well, this time it is his fault. I should say. Well, it, it kind of is. I mean, well, he he gets uh, the domestic violence charge dismissed. He returns to the team. Um, we were talking about this on our last episode here. That I mean, really, Reuben Foster. We we had a feeling when we were reading up on this thing that you know we were talking about it that it was BS. The 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 lady who who initially accused him said it was she was lying the whole time. I mean, I think I think this was it was a pretty cut and dry case. No surprise here. Guy returns to the, to to play ball and and I mean that's great. Good for him. Kudos to Reuben Foster. He he walks out of there unscathed in spite of this lady looking for a big payout. She wanted to end him. So when yeah. you're going to court for, for a marijuana charge. I wanted to end him. 
<laughs> you almost feel like he was he's just started smoking because of all the drones dealing with the microphone might be over this, this, this I, shit if if i felt that way i would probably do the same thing too i mean can you blame him no i, I would be going on a rampage at that point <laughs> especially at the right this kind of thing is happening and, it's, yeah, it's out of control. your your whole life was basically over at that particular moment until she she announced that she was lying. So I mean, does it necessarily? Do, can you blame the guy? Can can you blame? No, uh, no, no. I I don't think any of us can at this point. But I think we're on the same page on what should happen with smoking laws anyway. So it's neither here nor there. Right. Conversation for a different day. Yes. But, but um, moving on, we'll go to retirement. It's always sad to see a. Uh, a guy retired who's been in the league so long. And yep. Vincent Jackson is, is hanging it up. Yeah. And and I, I don't think that's any surprise. Absolutely not. No. It uh, was time. Great player. Um, hell of a career. Surprised he never won a bowl. Um, but but hell of a good career. I'm I kudos to Vincent Jackson for continuing to perform at a high level throughout a majority of his career, even in spite of over in, in Tampa, Mike Evans rolling on in and, and playing the way that he did. Um, he took my job. <laughs> but Vincent Jackson, he, he still continued to play really well. I always liked Vincent Jackson, especially when he, when he was in San Diego. I liked him. I didn't like the, when he had the, his holdout year. I thought that was kind of BS. I understood it, but you know, it was it, it was time to uh, to hang him up and be on a, be on my, you know be on his way. And he, you know, statistically, he always had a great year, mm-hmm. and and he made a lot of money in this league. So so kudos to him. See you later, Vincent Jackson. Julio Jones is holding out of OTAs for a new contract, which is a surprise to should be nobody. A lot of players are doing this now, and, and I disagree with it, but I also understand it too. Um, Julio's going to learn the hard way that when you sit out of the team trainings like that, and it, 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 you get rusty quick unless you do your part on your own. Well, I don't know. Here's the thing about, about the Julio Jones holding out thing. You know, like there's there's a couple of players that that haven't shown up to OTAs for their first week, um, and and they they asked, you know, do, does this contract issue create a spark of of heat between you and the Cardinals front office? And he goes, No, it doesn't. I mean, he downplayed the whole thing, and so yeah, I think I, he's telling the truth. Yeah, I think he's being honest about it. I I think he said, No, there's there's no animosity there, and. You you got to understand that I mean Anthony Barr did the same thing in Minnesota and he just and when he came back they asked him what'd you do it for he goes honestly I took out an insurance policy on myself you know because you he wanted to make sure that that you know he was protected in his final year going into a contract year he's in the shadow of a one year deal you you want to have your next contract signed so you can't really blame Julio for making that type of move. But uh, you know, but you've seen this type of thing backfire where the player is so rusty and just sat at home and did nothing, and they come back and they've either gained weight or lost momentum. And if if Julio can do like like last year with Bell, Bell out of out of spite, like you know what, you tag me, I'm gonna sit out through OTAs, training camp, and preseason. Yep. And what does Bell do? Top of his game, like he always is. Yeah. If but I I I don't believe you you're, you see at the top of your game just sitting at home and not participating. To me, Bell was doing his part on his own, working out, staying in shape. If Julio does that, that's not a problem. I feel like he will. You know, I feel like he. I, I mean, it's he's a professional football player. You know, um, they're going to have that mentality of okay, well, I'm still going to do my thing. You know, and I agree, but not everyone has that professional football player mentality. We all remember 
Eddie Lacy gaining thirty pounds in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, he just has he just has an addiction to cheeseburgers. Yeah, but but who doesn't love a good cheeseburger? I love cheeseburgers. <laughs> oh, so yeah. put some extra bacon on those bad boys. Yeah, yeah. Else was, uh, Cal- Calvin Benjamin put on a lot of weight during the offseason. Yep. Some players care. Some not so don't. much. Not so much. But I but I agree. Um, Julio Jones is gonna is gonna be just fine. He'll get his contract. And he's gonna do what Julio Jones does and go on for the fifth straight season with fourteen hundred or more receiving yards. Wow. Well, in another guy that has been holding out of the uh, OTAs, um, offensive lineman Zach Martin, uh, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, this is just another guy. Uh, the, he's he's doing the same exact thing. He's got a contract dispute with the boys. He wants big money, and he deserves it, I think, and, and he's going to hold out until he gets it. This one is a little more volatile, I think, than, than the Julio Jones one. Um, Zach Martin is is flat out saying no, and, and there, the, the word dispute is coming up. So it's not even just like, hey, I want, I want a new deal. It's a straight-up dispute, and, and, and it's an angry thing, you know, whereas Julio was, oh, we're not just – we're just not there yet. The, the Zach Martin contract is – Hey, I want my money. Make it happen. Bang. You know, give me my extension. And I think the guy deserves it all around. Um, he was 16th overall pick by the Cowboys in, in 2014. So, I mean, this guy's going to get his money, but the Cowboys are going to have to shell out, you know, and make it happen quick, fast, and in a a team that's cap, you know. Yeah, they're clo- They're real close to the cap. Yeah. That's, that's one of the reasons why they dumped Des. I mean, they're, they're close to the cap, and here we are. So we, Zach Martin is holding out of OTAs as of right now. Um, no news on that, but all all uh, headlines out there, everything we're hearing, this is a dispute. This is not a, a mutual, oh, we're just not there yet type of thing. So we have Cameron Hunt on signs on with the Raiders. That's a nice pick. I think it's going to help uh, continue to boast that team that – I believe he's going to do a lot of good things this season. Uh, you're you're thinking of a, a you know Raiders resurgence here, aren't you? I I, I am. I, I I really am. Raiders had a lot of things go bad for them, a lot of injuries that happened, and I I, I think it's going to be a different season. Yeah, it and it could very well be. Um, Cameron Hunt, 26 years old. Uh, he's he's a good player. Knows what he's doing. Played for the Broncos. Um, like him a lot. Uh, I think in in he signs on with them. I, I don't think it was a, a monster contract or anything like that, uh, but he's going to be uh, he's going to be around there for a little while. I mean, they're they're going to want to hang on to him, and and uh, I think he's going to bolster that O line, really protect Derek Carr the way he needs to be protected. It this is smart. This is a smart smart move. I, I love this signing. Kudos to the Raiders for making it happen. So the Seattle Seahawks have. Uh... Signed uh, Trey Flowers and to Queen Griffin. Can somebody say uh, desperate defense? Yeah, yeah. Trey Flowers. I, I mean, I could see the Flowers signing a lot more um, than Griffin, but I mean, it's it, it's it's really tough. I mean, they had the fire sale in Seattle. I, so you know, deep down somewhere in my head, I want to sit here and and say that this is like, you know. This is the Seattle Seahawks doing what Billy Bean did in baseball. You know, it's going to be you know money ball in Seattle. But I, I'm just, I'm looking at it going, who in the heck are these guys? Why are they signing these players? Um, 
Cliff Averill has come out recently in Seattle saying, hey, you know, we've, we've lost faith in the Seattle front office and the Seattle coaching staff. Mm-hmm. I really, this, this should say something here. I mean, all these guys are signing. I feel like, I feel like if they, don't, if they have a bad year this year and it just becomes the players just don't want to play for Pete Carroll anymore. He's gone. Yeah, Pete Carroll is going to be seeing his way out. And and that's really sad because Pete Carroll is one of, one of the league's best coaches. Yeah, he's a great coach. And, and you know, a guy like Pete Carroll, say he ha- he does have his relationship with the Seahawks, goes sour, and, and he waltzes out the door. Does Pete Carroll catch on somewhere else? Absolutely. Yes. No doubt. I mean, Every team that needs a coach will be interviewing. Yeah, I mean, Pete Carroll is is just the coach you want. and But, you know, a lot of these teams – I think one big problem with a lot of teams is that they're focused on success now, and they have to understand that you're going to have up years and you're going to have down years. With like just like yeah, it's a process, just like with any player and and any coach and any general manager. You know, we want to be able to sustain that success. We but there not every coach is going to wind up sustaining that success the way that a guy like Bill Belichick has. It's just not going to happen. And and you know Pete Carroll, he's had a lot of good years in Seattle. My hope for him is that, you know, things go well over there in Seattle, even though I really don't like the Seahawks. I Honestly, I, I for Pete Carroll's sake, because I actually do like Pete Carroll a lot, I hope things go uh, go well for him out there with this this band of misfits. <laughs> that they're, I mean, and that's what they're stringing together. you got a band of misfits there. I hope it goes well for him. So the Saints, uh, or I'm sorry, the Raiders signed their draft pick in, uh, in Maurice Hurst. Is in a very controversial pick. There's a lot of people are saying that they're very irresponsible for grabbing him with his heart condition, and that's going to be something that gets monitored very closely throughout the season. So we'll see how that goes. Well, and the the weird thing about this is all these coaches are saying it's an irresponsible thing, or whatever the case may be. They got to understand that this guy was cleared. Mm-hmm. He was 100% cleared of this heart condition. They, they didn't say it's a permanent thing where he can't play football and he's going to die on the field and whatever else. You know, they're saying, oh, he's so irresponsible. Blah, blah, blah. This was a good draft pick, and this guy's a good player. He plays good ball. He's great on the line. You want this guy in your football team. And I feel like they just they have a lot of faith in, in, in him, and as well as, you know, I feel like they're, I mean, that knowing knowing what he's been through and with, with his heart conditioning and whatnot, of course they're going to pay close attention to him. Of course they're going to do what is necessary to make sure he's able to play. They're not going to be like, okay, well, he's a football player. We're going to put him out on the field, and if he dies, he dies. Look, come on. They're going to do what they have to do. Yeah, and, and they, they're, it's, it's a murmur. We're not talking like this guy has got a, a heart condition where you know he's got clogged arteries and his heart's just going to stop, or he's, he's got an overgrown heart and he's going to you know, you know, have his heart explode in his chest or something like that. There's not aliens popping out of the guy's chest, for God's sakes. It's a, it's a, a heart murmur. Like, get over it, move on, he plays good ball, you know, he, he knows what he's doing, and they, you know, he wasn't able to participate in the combine because these guys wouldn't, wouldn't let him. I mean, and, and he, I think, had they let him do what he does, he would have been fine. He would have been just fine. He, would, he was going to be a first-rounder. Um, it was an irregular EKG. That's all it was. But he's fine. He's cleared. He's been cleared. I mean, it, I think that, that these teams are being irresponsible to their teams and being irresponsible to their fans by letting this guy slip to, what, the sixth round? Mm, I mean, it's, it's just a steal. Yeah, I mean, you got 
The Raiders got away with murder. You can't be okay with them getting away with one and getting a good player out of that whole thing. Nashville will host the uh, 2019 draft. That's a, that was a nice little piece of news there. I, I'm glad we're moving the draft around instead of being the same city every year. It gives our, our other cities, our fan base, a chance to be a part of that live action. I'm, 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 I know this has been, it's been a couple of years since they started moving around, but I, I just want to say I love the fact that the draft moves around now. It, it, it's an awesome thing. And, and a lot of cities are preparing to you know bid in for that. And you know I've seen uh, Detroit wanting to do the same thing. And, um, and I believe 2019 is the first year where they start. Where I think Tennessee, Nashville won that bidding. I think this is the first year where they really started doing bid things instead of just yep. choosing. Well, I like this and I don't. I, I think there's a lot of history at the Radio City Music Hall. Mm-hmm. You know, and and uh, I, I like, you know, that, that feel in that particular building. Um, it's kind of a, a sad thing for... It's good and bad for, for guys like us, you know, because the Radio City Music Hall is not that far from here. <laughs> you know, I mean... So if we wanted to, to go there and, and say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm over here and I can travel to New York and go and check it out at the Rockefeller Center, great. You know, I, I want to check it out. But um, I, I mean, it is and it isn't. I, I don't know if, it, if it's closer. If you, you do the cut through Canada there. What? You've never done that? Cut through Canada go to Nashville? No, cut through Canada go to New York to oh. the Radio City Music Hall. Where are you going? Yeah, come on up. Yeah, we're going to Nashville. Let's go through Canada. Yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It makes zero sense. No, but uh, you no, you cut through Canada, go through the Radio City Music Hall, and and it's only about a six or seven hour drive mm-hmm. to get there. So I mean, it it's really not too shabby. I mean, at least from where we're staying, I don't know where everybody else out there in Radio Land is staying, but here in Detroit, you know, the the best way to get there is cut through Canada. So I, I mean, for us, it it's kind of it's kind of sad. At the same time, it's it's not too shabby. Um, I, I think this will be exciting. They, it, you know, Nashville's a, a beautiful town. It'll be it'll be a, a fun thing. I'm actually contemplating going out there this year. So uh, it'll be Seven cool. Seven and a half hours from where we're sit- currently sitting. Seven and a half hours. So I mean, and give or take some traffic. I mean, we got to remember the construction so it's, Ohio. It's about the same on. either way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah folks. Cool. Seven half eight, yeah, probably same. Eh, yeah, maybe. Either way, but, yeah. Yeah. but I digress. Um, it's it is kind of cool for for us because it, you know we don't have a draft in Detroit at some point. Um, or it could uh, be in Cleveland or Columbus or Cincinnati or Chicago, which are all three hours from us. Yeah, and and I wouldn't mind that, but you know you know that these these bigger teams are going to be bidding for this. You know it's going to wind up in in. You know, San Francisco, and you know it's going to wind up in Dallas again, and you know it's going to wind up in uh, Carolina now that, that we've got a new owner with Carolina Panthers. You know you're going to see all kinds of crazy big-name owners going out there and throwing out the bits. Another there. place I think would be really interesting and cool for a lot of the uh, upcoming talent would be Canton, Ohio. Yeah. Um, because of it being the Hall of Fame. And that's what they were saying was they were going to have a bid for that. Canton, Ohio was supposed to be bidding on that. And, you know, I, I don't know if they lost out, or but they were, they were talking about doing it at the Pro Football Hall of Fame there. So that's a very good point. So moving on, just kind of going through things, we have uh, Michael Kendricks released by the Eagles. That was a really big release that I think a lot of people are still shocked by. And, very. Honestly, there are tons of teams that would love to have him. Yeah, it's it's a huge surprise. Um, he's supposed to be deciding at the end of the week. Um, 
which team he's going to go to. He, I guess he's got three in line. Um, he's visiting the Minnesota Vikings, the Oakland Raiders, and the Cleveland Browns this week. Um, he, he just left Minnesota today without a contract. He's headed to Oakland, um, and then he's going to be uh, swinging over to Cleveland as his final stop. So, And honestly, if it turns into a bidding war, Cleveland wins three times over. Well, I'm not sure about that. I, I think uh, one big thing, uh, if it turns into a bidding war, which I don't think it will, and here's why. Michael Kendricks is related to Eric Kendricks, who just signed a huge deal over there in Minnesota um, for that five years, $50 million. That and, and Eric Kendricks has been really pushing the Minnesota faithful hard to, to sign Michael. I think having the, the brothers Kendricks there could prove to be fruitful for them, and I think he's definitely got to be considering it if that's no, right. And, and, and that's the big reason why Minnesota's in the running there. But my, my point is with Cleveland having a, a crap ton more cap than anybody, all we've got to say is we'll give you $3 million more than anybody offers you. Yeah, and I don't, but I don't know. I don't know that that. I mean, the old uh, the old adage is is I think money could. money talks and BS walks. I do understand that Vikings have about eighteen million. The Browns have sixty nine million in cap space. Do the Vikings make that move? I think that uh, he's going to do whatever he thinks is the best decision for him. Also, what he finds more important, you know, if he wants to play with his brother over money, which we've seen, you know. Countless I mean, times. Yeah. So I think uh, it just comes down to what he wants more. Yeah, and and it, could you imagine? Now, now, with the signing of Sheldon Richardson, say they do take a guy like a Michael Kendricks. Say they do let Sheldon Richardson walk at the end of the season, draft a new defensive tackle, and then re-sign Anthony Barr, or Anthony Barr to a long-term contract. Do the Minnesota Vikings have the most long-term solid defense that you've seen in the last 10 years? I think so. I, arguably. I think there are a few that can, that can sustain. I think you're talking – I think that what's scary is I think you're talking – there are four defenses that were already the top of their game last season, but they're also very young, and it makes them those four teams very, very scary defensively. And Minnesota is obviously one of them. Jacksonville's another. Mm -hmm. the, the, the Rams are, not, are, are another. And, and the Ravens just re-younged up, especially once, they, once Suggs goes on his merry way and they have his replacement already in, in order in uh, Tyus Bowser. Those four defenses already top four in the league, also very young, that's scary Yep. if you're not those four teams. Yeah, if you're not those four teams, you are in dire straits. So, I mean, Michael Kendricks, we'll see where, where he – we'll follow up on this on our, on our next episode. Um, my hope as far as, as Michael Kendricks goes, obviously, is that he signs with my boys – over there uh, in Minnesota. Yes. Nah, you're, you're just angry about it, but that's okay. Um, but, you know, the we're going to be following the, the Michael Kendrick stuff really, really closely. Um, but like I said, yeah, he, he left Minnesota without a deal. Now he's headed for Oakland, and we're going to see uh, where uh, he goes next. They are saying that a surprise team has entered the fray, however, for that. And that would be the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, so. and, and I, I was going to leave that out, but I will. I, I will comment that just briefly, and we'll, we'll move on here. Baltimore kind of wants to see how their young. They have a, a bunch of younger linebackers that are playing for a starting spot. They're kind of wanting to see if one of those guys branch out and really step up because they don't need to go for a guy like, like Kendrick. Yep. But if that doesn't work out of training camp, they want they want to go after him. But I the problem is with with what they're wanting to do. I don't think he wants to wait around that long. No, and I don't think he wants to either. 
I think he's gonna gonna make his move, and and that's it. And he wants, and I think they're the two teams that he's probably gonna have the best chance of signing with. I think you're talking Cleveland. Uh, the the one reason I don't think he'll sign with the Oakland Raiders is the cap space. The Oakland Oakland only has five million dollars in cap space. So where's he gonna go? Who knows? But I think you're talking Vikings and talking Browns. And and I think we're gonna find out which team he winds up deciding to go with at the end of the week. That'll be a huge thing. Um, and uh, you know, it was about five million dollars, six million that he had with the Eagles. Um, so it'll probably be similar. Yep, similar to that deal. I'd say I, probably a little less, probably around five, five and a half. Yeah, he'll he'll get uh, he'll get his money. He's going to get paid, and if they can get a guy like that, a, a, that caliber guy, say for a $5 million a year kind of contract, the Vikings just solidified themselves as top-tier defense for many, many years to come. Absolutely. So just blasting through here, uh, Christian Hackenberg, who I don't ha- think very highly of. He's uh, been traded from the Jets to the Raiders for a seventh-rounder. I also think it's given up too much because Hackenberg is not very <laughs> well, good. Well, wait a minute. Let, let's hang on a minute. Hackenberg didn't really – he never got a fair shake over there with New York. Um, I li- I actually – you know, he was a second-round pick. I liked him in college. I want to see what happens when Hackenberg gets his fair shake. I think the Raiders ultimately were just looking for a better backup quarterback. Um, giving up a seventh-round pick, he didn't give up much, so it was okay. Well, I think he's going to wind up actually being above um, Connor Cook. I, no. I, I honestly think he will because Connor Cook played so poorly. When, I don't think in, he, one game. in his lone start, I mean, it was it was a rough go. He'll be the third but, guy. Okay, okay. Who's going to be the third guy? Um, Hackenberg. Hackenberg. Thank you. Um, yeah. So here, this is what I'm going to say. On there's Cook. there's going to be a competition there. I'm just saying. No, there will be competition. I agree. But my my my, and I know I'm defending a. Uh, a, a uh, Spartan as a, as a mission statement. Oh, you. Uh, but but here, here's my thing. And I, think, I like, That's not to say I don't like Connor Cook. I just think there's going to be a competition. No, there, there, will, there will be competition, but I, it's it's hard for me to, to uh, hold that, that one game against him because it was a playoff game. Your first ever NFL start, it's in the playoffs because their, their car goes down in, in uh, 2016. Next man up. I agree, but, but it's easy for you to say as a Minnesota fan because all your quarterbacks have played at least a full season. This is Connor Cook's first game ever, and hey, it's a divisional playoff game. Oh shit! Yeah, I, I guess I. My thing about about a guy like Connor Cook is is he comes in, he 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 didn't perform up to up to snuff even in for for like uh, a backup quarterback taking on a good team. I've seen you know crappy backup quarterbacks come in and rock. Freaking, you know, but, playoff caliber team. But, but playoffs is a different world. I don't know that it's a different world. It's football. It's football. It's what, you, it's what you've been playing for, I mean, probably most of his life. Right. It's the game. You have to be prepared for those situations. You don't come in and say, oh, I mean, I'm, my first game's in the playoffs. Oh, gee. <laughs> come on now. as far as saying that Hackenberg ends up getting cut. Uh, I don't. I don't think he, I don't gets, think he cut. gets cut. No, he's a, Hackenberg is one of those players that they wouldn't have traded and gave away a draft, a future draft pick, um, for him if they didn't think he was going to make the team. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the case. He, he went, uh, um, but he was a second rounder. We have to remember that this guy was a second round, a second round quarterback, and you know he's not going to get picked up in the second round if he doesn't know what he's doing. No. Oh, by the way, Putin loves him. 
Yeah, Gruden is in love with the guy. Yeah, that, and that captures something. Yeah, and I'm all over Gruden right now, so like that, that, is, that is something to take into Gruden is something special. But I'm, I'm going to end the uh, Hackenberg conversation we've talked about this long enough with, if he does fail and they do get rid of him, to me, they didn't give up much. They gave up the seventh rounder going into this year's draft, which is going to be, for the Raiders, will be one of the last two or three picks. Um, yeah. <laughs> season. So to me, they didn't really give up much. Diamonds no, in the rough, Tyler. Diamonds in the rough. <laughs> That's what you're looking for here. Come on, you're looking to make the most bang for hey, your look, buck. Look, I have two seventh round picks now. One of them is going to be good. <laughs> this, this is the second show in a row, right? You two just, uh, just jet, jaw jacking at me. So maybe, maybe it's, it's time that we uh, don't have Scotty anymore. Me and Josh is going to Oh, <laughs> come on now. So uh, moving on, uh, Brian Shazier is on, is on the pup list. A surprise to nobody. The list means that you're currently physically unable to perform. Um, Shazier will ultimately move to the injured reserve. I, I, I do not see him ever playing football again. I hope for the best, but he's still hardly walking. Nasty injury. Mm-hmm. Nasty, nasty injury. We saw him kind of, and and I, kudos to the guy for being able to walk out on stage during draft night. That but, was awesome. But holy smokes, what a, what a just brutal, brutal thing to see. Um, I think he's done. I'm with you. I think he's. I think that's that's it. He says he's going to play. He says he wants to play again. Gets moved to the pup list. No surprise. He'll go to IR. No surprise. I think either the Steelers are going to cut him or he's going to be forced. And mad respect for him to have you know because a lot of guys that get hurt like that they're like okay I'm done. I'm done. That scared the hell out of me. And he's and he's just like. This is my drive, and I want to do this again. This is this is my passion. I want to do this again. But we all know. He's pretty much done. Long term, I think Brian Shazier ends up being a uh, scout for the team and staying with Pittsburgh Steelers for the long haul, but not as a player. Yeah, he's a great player. He he was. He was a great player. I, I don't you know, and a lot of people. I I would I hate to use the the term in past tense. You know, I, I hate to say it like that because I don't expect a guy. You know, you remember a guy like Ryan Shazier. You still see him trying to come back. You know, so I don't want to say it in past tense like that, but. I think it's pretty pretty well, you know, that, that ship has sailed. So Absolutely. I mean. So Sproles is re-signed the Eagles. It's not really a surprise to me if he's another little piece for them. It's not a surprise, but it's it's something that, that raises some eyebrows. Um, you lose a guy like LeGarrette Blunt. Um, they had that, that two-headed attack with, with Jay Ajayi and LeGarrette Blunt last year. Um, Blunt takes off. They they bring in Sproles again. Sproles was it, he's still a weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, as much as people, you know, kind of disregard Darren Sproles, and we got to remember what Darren Sproles is capable of, and the things that he used to do over there in Philadelphia. Hundred percent. I just don't think that him staying with Eagles is is a surprise. It, it it's where he's been. It's where he knows. It's. It's not a surprise, but it's a great, great move to stay in in Philadelphia and just do what you do. Even at his age, he's just a great weapon. He always mm-hmm. is great catching out of the backfield. That's that's his spot. He's he's you know their their secondary back. Great change of pace guy. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So Kendrick Lewis is in signing with the Titans. Good signing. Um, didn't spend a, a big buck for him. Um, it's just. It's just a solid signing. I think they got uh, they got away with one. Um, I mean, he's a veteran safety. He's been around for a minute. Good choice. Good choice. Bolster, bolsters their secondary for a minute. So we talk about this, and before I bring up the guy, 
Who comes to mind? What team and what duo comes to mind when I say dual threat tight end duo? Duo tight ends. Uh, last time we really truly had that. Well, we're talking Gronk and Hernandez. Bingo. The Packers have signed Mercedes Lewis. Uh, now, that's going to be the the big thing. Mercedes Lewis, I, I think age factors in here at it a certain point. It does, but Mercedes Lewis had a decent career over Jacksonville. Um, does Mercedes Lewis and Jimmy Graham just screen potential... I'm not saying better than that, but screens potential nice dual tight end combo. It might. The 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 big reason I say that it might is that Gronk and 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 um, Jesus, uh, I just completely lost his name there. Uh, but they they had stats. They had stats to back it up. They had high numbers. You know, it, it wasn't like they had bad numbers. Like one guy had monster numbers and one guy had nothing. Uh, Hernandez and Gronk had both decent numbers all it, at that same it time. It was very similar. The, the, the Gronk-Hernandez era was very similar to what we just saw in New Orleans with uh, Ingram and uh, Kamara. Yeah. On a, different, on a different position, different level, but same concept where either guy could be your down, could, could be the, uh, the secret weapon that, on that given drive. Yes. I'm going to tell you right now that, that this wasn't – this wasn't a signing as we need another tight end to catch balls. This was legit. He's a great blocker. We have a terrible offensive line. We need help. That's what that signing is. I agree with that too. And it, and that could very well be. I think you know. And if you if you look at the the signing, I I don't. You're not going to get monster numbers out of Mercedes Lewis when it comes to to catching. You you know his his receptions and his his yardage. Yeah, I mean, it, you look at his, his last two years, he's had a little over 300 yards and a little over 100 yards. The guy wasn't putting up monster numbers. No. And and I don't think you're going to get that. I, I think that's a huge reason why Jacksonville let him walk. And uh, I think I think Josh is absolutely right. He's a blocking tight end. He's going to help that uh, that offensive line there, help protect uh, a guy like Rodgers who, who got blasted last year to leading up to his injury. And, and I'll also tell you this right now. I don't think it's going to be that big of a help. Like, I think he'll help. But their offensive line isn't good, and I'm still going to stand by the fact that I think Aaron Rodgers gets hurt again this year. Yeah, that and very well could happen. Yeah, and that, I I don't put that very far off. I, I think that with with the caliber of defenses you have in that division, yep. you're, you're going to have some trouble containing the, the pass rushes. You're going to have some, some trouble – um, keeping Aaron Rodgers upright. So, Rams defensive end Morgan Fox tears his ACL. Um, on the on the front, it seems like a big thing, but I'm gonna say that I mean they just had the signing of Scott. I saw it. You, you tried to hope that they didn't get through, but I guarantee we'll hear. That. I guarantee we'll hear that sneeze. I'm sorry, folks. It's allergy season. It's allergy so, season. As man. I was saying, Morgan Fox he goes down with ACL, but. The signing of Sue helps that. I mean, I'm standing by. Sue and Donald's gonna is gonna blow up that line enough to where you just gotta be able to get by. Um, Rams defense won't miss Fox. As it's my, my just thinking about playing the Rams this year as an offensive lineman or or anything. You're scared. You're gonna be like, oh man, we got the Rams this week. Um, and and it, it doesn't really make a huge difference. I, I kind of agree with you. It it's an issue, but it's not. 
Um, the Morgan Fox goes away. They moved uh, really the the guy they moved over was a, a defensive tackle. They moved Michael Brockers over to uh, that defensive end spot. They've got Indomitian Sue playing a nose tackle position, and then they've got Aaron Donald playing defensive tackle because they run a three four. So they can kind of get away with it. They don't die, you know, on the field or anything yeah. because they switch that three four. Um, I don't know how Brockers is going to do at a defensive end type spot. I don't think Brockers is, and it, Sue is a space eater, but I don't think a guy like Brockers is a space eater like they're expecting to be. So you could see some problems there. I, I, there, it's debatable. It also mind boggles me because Brockers is a big man. Mm-hmm. I feel like Sue should be on the end, and then they should be having a bigger guy be your defensive tackle, your your main guy who's going to fill up a big a big part of that line. Brockers is three hundred and what twenty twenty five pounds. Yeah, they're, I mean they're both big boys. Yeah. I mean, and Dominic Sue's three hundred and five. Yeah, and then you're gonna have uh, Donald just just destroy them. <laughs> yeah, and I'm surprised they're having Aaron Donald play the defensive tackle position. You know, I to me you you should have Sue as that nose tackle, Brockers as the defensive tackle, and Aaron Donald as that that defensive end. But uh, I mean, I maybe I I'm seeing something. Maybe they're seeing something that I'm not. But I'm over here looking at it, going, Hey, wait a minute. Something doesn't make sense here. Well, when you're, when you're talking about one of the uh, um, this year's Mount Rushmore of defenses, I'm not going to question them. No, no, and and we're, I'm not going to question. Gonna be no I'm not going to question the the coach of the year either. You know, that's that's not going to happen. So quickly here, we all knew that this was he was going to start getting close, but Tannehill's been cleared. Start football activities. We'll see how that goes, and we'll see how we. Uh, eases back into Miami's offense. I hope that I'm. Everybody's been waiting. I I'm. I know that they're not done with the Ryan Tannehill project. I I would love to see Ryan Tannehill finally just like show up one year and just go. Ah, it's time. But is it going to happen? Probably not. I think this is going to be uh, Tannehill's last year in the sun before Miami's had enough of him, and then that's that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not seeing much of that. So uh, Eagles linebacker. Uh... Paul Warlow is in Pierce's ACL. It's going to be a hit to that defense. Another huge blow, I think, for a team like like Philly. Um, I think it's a big one. I, 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 I you don't want to lose anybody else. <laughs> you know, what I mean, yeah, and it makes you kind of like. So then, why did they release Kendricks? But yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll, well, I think this happened after the game. Yeah, so I'm yeah. sure they're kind of uh, they're like, kicking themselves. Well, yeah, that's oh, what I'm saying. Shoot. Is like, oh well, we made a mistake. Mm-hmm. But um, Warlaw played for Detroit last year. Uh, before that, he was he he was off and on starting all with with Atlanta. He's a great special teams guy, um, but. Uh, I don't see him as a huge, huge blow, but I think uh, it definitely hurts in some spots. No, I, I, I agree 100% on that, Josh. So, Terrence Williams arrested on intoxication charge. That's, that's, it's it's going to blow off. It's not really going to be a big of a thing. And uh, to end our segment here, uh, Alshon Jeffrey will not be available for spring workouts due to a shoulder injury. So, Eagles again having some blows here that just... I think we're forgetting one guy. One uh, one bit of information is Haha Clinton Dix, also oh, not showing up to OTA. OTAs, um, he he hasn't made anything public about why, um, but they are speculating that it's most likely a contract. He's only supposed to make just under six million this year, so they're thinking it's probably because he wants more money. 
Well, why why wouldn't he? Um, I, I I think he's just mad about being called Haha. <laughs> I mean, I'd be mad about that. That's a goofy name. No, uh, in reality, though, I mean, he's probably holding out for a contract deal. Uh, the Packers, they're having some some money issues. I can tell you that much. They are having some money issues. Um, is a guy? Uh, well, let's put it this way: Do you think a guy like Haha Clinton Dix is worth big money? Um, I think he's worth a decent deal. I don't think he's, you know, he, he's a great player, don't get me wrong. Um, but at the same time, you know, do does Green Bay even have the money to offer him much? They're, right now they're looking at $13 million in cap space. Um, I don't know. It, nothing's come out about them signing their, their draft picks at all. But, um, you know, $13 million cap space, they could make the move. At that point, it starts getting a little tight. Mm-hmm. And and here's the thing, and to to use a uh, phrase we use in wrestling a lot, um, Quentin Dix has shown that he's a good player, but is he a big fish in a little pond? Yeah, yeah, he 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 might be a big fish in a little pond, or he could be a, a very small fish in a very abnormally large pond. I mean, let's remember who is there in Green Bay. Let's remember the pl- the caliber of players that are there in Green Bay. The, you lost a few items. You don't have much of an O line, but there's still good players there. David well, Bakhtari's still well, there. I'm Nick Perry's the, still there. I'm talking about defensively. I mean, Packers defense is not great by any stretch of the imagination. Do is does Haha Clinton Dix appear to be better than he is because he is a fairly good player on a uh, very below average defense? I think there are bigger cogs there that. You know you're going to wind up needing to address coming in the future. Jake Ryan, um, Jerry Alexander is another guy you're going to have to start looking at. Um, there are players there that you're going to have to start considering. You know for big money, and and I don't think that Haha Clinton Dix has performed up to the caliber where, yeah, he's he's garnered that big money. The guy's getting six million dollars a year, and right now, to be perfectly honest with you, I think it's too much. And I think there have been a lot of occasions where HaHa Clinton Dix has been outplayed and outdone by receivers. We've seen that on a consistent basis. We've seen him go over there and draw penalties because of the fact that he's he's been beat. And we've seen HaHa Clinton Dix go out there, draw pass interference calls, draw holding calls, draw you know face masks. He he's a good player, but is he worth like eight nine million dollars? Is he is he worth the amount of money that you would pay, say like a honey badger? Eh, it's it questionable. could also just be one of those. Well, maybe if I do this, they might jump. Yeah, and, and that could be a thing. He, you know, a lot of these guys they like to play hardball, and and that could be what we're looking at here. So before we go to break, I'll leave you with this last little note here in Clinton Dix. Um, keep in mind we don't know the actual reason. Could he be holding out? Is I mean, is his holdout sort of weirdly related to the uh, new NFL rule on the uh, anthem? It could possibly. Maybe. But you know, they, we ne- we'll never know. So we, we, we speculate that it could be a contract, but as of now, we don't really know. Yep. And um, that that could be uh, uh, that could be a thing. I mean, there are guys that are doing that right now, but I, eh, I, I don't think that um, – I don't, I don't think that you are uh, uh, giving a guy like HaHa Clinton Dix that kind of money regardless of why he's holding out. I don't know if you're giving him, a, if it's a contract issue, you're not giving him that money. If he's holding out because of the, the the protest deal, you're still not giving him the money. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't pay the man at that point because now he's starting controversy and he's interfering with team stuff. Sorry, bud. Time to go. And I feel like yeah, I feel like he'll be a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah. But I, I think he'll, he's someone that'll get signed it, when it was agreed. So I mean, we'll see what happens. No, I wanna I wanna you turn back here just for a brief moment. Um, we we've got two stories that that we really have to to look at um, before we we swing into break here. Um, one of them we were already talking about the Terrence Williams thing. Um, interesting thing about that uh, police footage from the arrest tells a story about Williams. You know, he slams his, his Lamborghini into a light pole because um, he was drunk driving. And for some reason, he is falsely blaming the whole thing on Kendall Wright of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, <laughs> but I, the quote is, my friend was an effing idiot and I'm literally, literally driving toward to see what happened to my car. I don't want to drive and be an effing idiot, so I took my bicycle. Williams was riding an electric bicycle when police detained him, and he appeared to be heading back to where the car was wrecked. When the police asked him about their friend, um, he said, Kendall Wright, we went to Baylor together. And Kendall Wright was nowhere near the scene. Um, he wasn't with him. Uh, he wasn't with the... the uh, Lamborghini, um, and then and then he says he's not there. He rolled in a yellow Camaro, you know, and they're still out at the club. Um, Wright had nothing to do with the incident. <laughs> he had nothing to do with it at all. Uh, Wright said he called him to tell him about his car. That's that's what Williams. Uh, that's what Williams is claiming. He never called. I mean, it's it just a, a crazy, crazy story, and um, you know, you never know. What what in the hell is going on there? It just seems like a lot of hoopla and a lot of a lot of Terrence Williams being ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, so he sounds very drunk when he's talking about this. Right. Like you know, you, I mean, don't drink and drive. You might do you might do stupid things like like you might, you, you might crash your Lamborghini or you might uh crash it. You might drive your car right through a a, a roundabout. Yes, yes, <laughs> we you might, we you might. Now, um, last but not least, um. Weird, weird altercation, and and at first I saw that he got released. I got excited about it, and then I I instantly took it back as soon as I read further on this. Uh, a weird gym incident um, with Richie Incognito. Um, yeah, <laughs> the the guy was in the gym um, working out. He he hit a guy, hit another gym. A member in the face with a weight um, claimed that the the government was watching him and and all this other stuff. He was detained, um, brought to a psychiatric ward. Uh, just absolute insanity. Um, I, I don't understand what. I mean, it, Richie Incognito is has always been kind of a weird cat. For someone whose last name is Incognito, he's not really. Very incognito at all. No, no. I don't know. He he uh, he threw a dumbbell at a dumbbell at another uh, gym patron. Um, they had a, a forced mental evaluation of him. Uh, he's not going to be charged with a crime. Um, just wow, just wow. Um, they the they said he was suffering an altered paranoid state. 
uh, the direct quote from the police, uh, altered paranoid state and believed the ordinary citizens were government officials that were tracking him and recording him. He needed, he needs, <laughs> yeah, he needed to go to the hospital. Yeah. I, 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 I wish you guys could see the look on my face. Right <laughs> um, and, oh. and, you know, incognito, I guess, looked at the police, said, there's a guy walking around with headphones on. I'm running NSA class level three documents through my phone. I can't have anybody in Bluetooth capability of me or taking pictures of me. So you go to the gym. Yeah, so he goes to the gym. I, <laughs> I mean, just crazy, crazy stuff. Next thing you know, he's going to be abducted and being probed by aliens. But uh, Richie Incognito, off the deep end, we've officially uh, lost him. This this show just got really weird and I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> and because of that, you know what? We need a break. Guys, thank, yes. thank you for, for sticking with us so far. And we will be right back after a short commercial break. This is the Outside Blitz. I still remember so very clearly when, like a plane, my dream soared overhead. Although there's no real reason that I can see, my dream is as clear as can be. I'd spend each day in tears feeling powerless And every night I'd wish for one more chance I'd for the strength to find the hero inside So I can follow my passion with pride Even if this moment reveals our unjust fate There's still a lot of time until our lives unfold the way it's meant to be As long as I can have this moment just to breathe I'll hold on to my destiny Calling out to me so carelessly and free I hear a voice, it's calling in the distance Telling me I should keep following my dream Passion fills my soul, the undeniable key So I can hide my fears behind a great big smile Then your tears will fade and sadness will leave you The song gives me the strength to be that kind of hero And so I'll raise my peace sign Let's keep the story rolling And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Tob. I, the, we still should never say that. Come on, Tyler. You know what's growing on you. It's not. Don't lie. I'm not lying. Oh, come on. I still want to use the slot my cob reference, but you keep saying no. No, you can't do that, Tyler. But I, here I am. Shame. Uh, yeah, for shame. For shame. Shame. Now, um, the kids don't understand. It's okay. Oh, for shame, Tyler. I am here. <laughs> now you're giving them reason to look it up. You're a bad influence to this podcast. I am here. Do not look it up. Hang on a minute. I'm the fabulous Scotty Freytown. We are back here on the Outside Blitz. I'm here with the very twisted and very troublesome Tyler Dean. Um, I don't know if you were, you'd be tormented. I mean, you know. You, you, you're not spooky or anything like that. You're not wearing spooky face paint. And, oh, my God. Uh, no, let's not. Um, and the uh, very jittery, Josh Rigsby. That's fair. That is fair, don't you think? He's a little jittery. Look at him. He's, he's acting all... <laughs> maybe, maybe a little. Maybe a little. Now, uh, welcome back to Tob. And um, we, we're going to be uh, doing a little segment here. And it's called Bye... Rent or sell. I'll think of it here. All right. So the second half of the show here, it's going to be a, it's a very early bold predictions, and we're gonna we're gonna do this again right after preseason. 
We'll do the same thing. Just go through bull predictions. Everything's kind of settled down. But for now, the post-draft beginning of training camp bold predictions. And I, I know you're showing me, Josh. I'll look at it later. <laughs> Josh is okay. So Josh is all excited. I gotta tell everybody. Josh is all excited about this weather app that he's got on his phone. Is it the WTF one? It's it's something that just shows horrible, horrible comments about what you should do because the weather is either beautiful or terrible or whatever the case, or how you're feeling or how you're probably feeling. And um, he he just provided one about about uh, how apparently the app feels this is the the best night to show your uh, lower regions to the neighbors. Um, can, I, can I say what they actually said? Yeah, uh, go, ahead. Uh, go ahead. Wow, you're going to be not, yeah, non-PG. I, I guess we'll be non-PG oh, for the moment. You've already done it enough. He's already got it all closed out. Yeah. What's the combination of your phone? It's one, two, three, four, five. It's password. <laughs> all right. Here in Monroe, it says, this may be the perfect night to show the neighbors your genitalia. Classy. Let's do it. Classy. Let's do this. It is pretty hot outside. It uh, is. It is. It's pretty hot outside, but I don't know if I'm going to run around showing so, the neighbors so my junk. We get sidetracked too much. Mm, just a little, on occasion, but it's for good reason. So what we're going to we're going to start off with um the first half of this main event. The first be- half of buy, rent, or sell. Just stop. <laughs> so the first half, we're going to take. I, I have an article pulled up from from some experts, and this is from the Sportster. Um, they have 15 bold predictions going into 2018. And disclaimer: this was done just before the draft, yeah. just after free agency. So take some with a grain of salt as we go through here. You can. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through all 15 of these, and all three of us will give us our if if we uh. Buy that's going to happen if we're going to sell, saying no, it's not. And rent means that you're some of it could have part of it could be true, but it may not be fully true. So you might want to give a little bit of an explanation, right? So if you say rent, you have some explanation to, to give brief explanation. No, I could, I, I, I cannot be brief. So starting at the top here, both LA teams. Take number one seed in both conferences. That'd be the Rams and the Chargers. I'll start. I'm gonna I'm gonna go rent because I think it is fully possible that the Rams do just that. I mean, I think the Vikings are in their way, but the Rams are a phenomenal team. But I do not buy the Chargers as being that or even a playoff team. Josh, take it away, man. Um I mean, I guess I'm going rent. And the only reason why is because you're right about the Rams. Um, but I do think the Chargers can be good and can be, be can make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to be, you know, they're, they're not going Because this is number one seed. You're talking about them being yeah. the, the, the best record in both conferences. And, and I am going to go 110% sell. Um, I think that the while the Rams have improved, I'm not going to say they haven't in the offseason. I would say that they definitely improved and they made some great signings and they made some good moves. Um, I think ultimately Minnesota Vikings are going to be the number one seed in the NFC this year. And, um, and, and, and that's not just being biased. That's just looking at it from... I agree, and I'm a Lions fan. Yeah, so I, I think the Vikings are going to wind up as the number one seed in, in the NFC. Um, I don't think the Chargers are going to get anywhere close to that, that AFC seed. 
I, I think that's a very, very bold prediction, and, and I don't buy it one bit. Absolutely not. And I think the Rams are definitely good. I think the Rams are going to get a bye. Oh, for sure. I think they'll be, can wind up at maybe the number two, possibly even the number three seed, but I, I don't see them taking the number one. Now, now, they talk about the L.A. teams taking number one seed in both conferences. I think the, the better bold prediction would be both L.A. teams are in the Super Bowl because the, I think there's a better chance of the, of the Chargers – getting the sixth seed and having a hot playoff and there is them having a really hot seven, 16 games yeah, and getting number one seed. They could take in the playoffs, but number one seed, not going to happen. Yeah, and all that really hinges on Phillip Rivers. Exactly. Plus the Chargers are in a really tough division. Yeah, it is a tough division. Ooh, I like this one. I The Minnesota Vikings missed the playoffs. Wow. Strong sell. Strong sell. Um, I'm going to say, and this is going to strike you guys here, I think the Vikings will take the number one seed, but as a prediction, um, having looked at their season schedule, it is possible. So I'm going to say it's a rent. Um, it is a possible thing. The Vikings have one of the hardest, and, and really the NFC North, they have probably the hardest schedule in the league. Um, um, both North teams actually have it really rough this year. Mm. So Because the, the AFC North has to deal with the uh, NFC South. Yes. So it's a tough division for right, right now. And, so. and I, don't, I don't think the Vikings missed the playoffs. I still think they're going to wind up with a high record. I still think they're going to wind up as a number one seed. But, you know, this could very well happen because of the, the strength of schedule. The Vikings had a strong schedule last year. But the strength of schedule this year is insane. I was looking at some of these games going, holy crap. Like, And I'm shaky, but I'm looking at their team going, I think they're going to handle this well, and I think they're going to take control of this situation. And Kirk Cousins is apparently having a really good time in OTAs. He seems very happy where he's at. I think the Vikings excel and still he better be happy. He's getting paid. Oh, yeah, he's getting paid big bucks. <laughs> so where are, you, where are you at, Josh, on Vikings um, missing? I'm selling. I'm selling. They're the best team in the division. Agreed. So going on down the list, the biasness in me wants to buy on this, but I'm not. Baltimore wins the AFC North. I'm going to strong sell on that. To rewind the last show, I do have Baltimore making the playoffs. The last two seasons, they have been, last game of the season, should have won, should have won the playoffs and didn't. And I'm going this season. I'm I'm going to say that with the chip on his shoulder, Joe's going to do what he needs to do, knowing his job is on the line. John Harbaugh's job is on the line. They're going to do just enough to make the playoffs. But when the AFC North, that's going to be tough. That's Steelers division to lose. That's going to be a lot to ask for. So I guess you could say is that is that a rent? So I'm saying playoffs, but not division. Uh, it's possible. I'd say it's more of a rent than yeah. Than I, I, I would call it more than I, I, yeah. I wouldn't say it's sell, but no, I'm I'm going to strong sell on that. I'm I'm selling, and here's why. I I think I think Baltimore is is on the downturn. I think not only are the Pittsburgh Steelers the better team, I think they're going to win that division. I think the Baltimore Ravens are are going to miss the playoffs this year, and I I fully expect Joe Flacco to be losing his job, and I do expect. Uh, Mr. Harbaugh there to be losing his job. It's it's been a long time coming. Harbaugh basically to me he should have lost jobs last year, but you know uh, two seasons is enough. I don't know about all that. I mean, you it's been a, a small, it's been a large uh, fall from grace there. 
I'm calling it. I say they missed the playoffs this year. Goodbye, Flacco. Goodbye, Harbaugh. Absolutely. Now, Josh, is that are you, what are you you selling? I'm selling. You're selling. See that? It's. I can't agree more with you. <laughs> Going down, uh, the Houston Texans missed the playoffs and fired Bill O'Brien. Ooh. I'm going to buy this. You're buying that. Um, Watson, before he went down, he was 3-4. and four. He was under 500. Yes, his stats were there, but the team was not winning games. I think that's going to continue. I think they're going to miss the playoffs. And I think they're going to let Bill O'Brien go. Uh, I'm selling that. I think uh, the, the Houston Texans, and, and I'm going to double down on it, and I'm going to say the Houston Texans are going to win their division and they're going to go to the playoffs. Um, I, I think that's that's a big thing. I, Watson, he's a good player, and, and he was looking like an MVP caliber player. I say he starts guiding this team. You're going to see the Houston Te- Texans do big things there. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm renting it. Um, and the, For me, it all comes down to staying healthy for that football team both offensively and defensively. Um, and I don't think that they fire Bill O'Brien. I mean, unless this team goes out and just S's to bed. I won't go and uh, <laughs> cuss for our younger audience if we have a younger audience. Anyway. Josh thinks they're going to shit the bed. Uh, <laughs> see, look at Tyler. Um, PG, Tyler. I don't think they're going to I don't think they're gonna shit the bed, Tyler. <laughs> don't uh, swear. <laughs> Okay, I think that they will make the playoffs. I, you know, but uh, I have the Jaguars winning the division. Same so, here. So, I do think they'll make the playoffs still. Shaquan Barkley wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Oh, wow. <laughs> there are a lot of quarterbacks that have been drafted this year. Yeah. I'm going to rent here to say that Barkley has a chance. But I do not think we'll actually win it. I'm gonna buy, buy, buy. I think I think Barkley takes that that uh, offensive rookie rookie of the year. I think he he pounds this one home. It, this he's gonna have a, a a better year than than just about anybody. I think I, I don't do. I think he's gonna have the rushing record. No, I think he's gonna have a lot of yardage from scrimmage. Um, I I think he's gonna be and kind of like Ezekiel Elliott is for the Cowboys. He's gonna be an integral part of that offense. He's going to have a hell of a year. I like this. I think he's going to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. I am buying. I am also buying. Um, I think that having him and, and, and having the, the, the star caliber player that he is coming in, he's going to really take a lot of attention off of Odell. Um, and I think he's just going to provide them with everything they needed. So... The Indianapolis Colts win the AFC South. I'm going to rent on this for the fact that if Luck is 100% healthy and Luck is who Luck is, Luck's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But Colts have so much to work up for. Their O-line sucks. Their defense sucks. And they are not going to topple Jaguars. So he did. This is borderline a sell, and I, and I didn't even, almost even go as far as saying this is a sell. But if Luck can come back and be who Luck is and he can build, build that offense, that is a very good football team. But right now, Luck's coming off a couple of different injuries over the last couple of seasons. That's going to be tough. I'm going to call that a rent sell. Okay. Hard sell on this one. Hard sell, no doubt about it. I'm selling it. 
Um, you know, they, they brought in Quentin Nelson, kudos to them. They bolstered their O-line. I think that, that, you know, you can't, you can't not notice the moves they made on the offensive line there. It, it, it's starting to look a lot better. And, and I think Luck's going to have the protection. They're saying they believe Luck is going to be looking better by preseason. His, they say his arm's going to be, uh, his arm looks good. They say he's throwing the ball well. Uh, okay. That's all well and good. But I mean, ultimately is this, you know, Andrew Luck's year is it Andrew Luck's time? Questionable. I I don't know. I you there's a lot of questions there. Can Mac perform up to to form? Like I mean, you seem to be real big on him, Tyler. Some people aren't. I'm one of those guys that's you know I believe that the sample size is too small there. I want to see if this guy is the next big thing there as a running back. Is he the next Adai? Is he the next Edgar and James? We don't know. We're gonna find out though. And and it, there's going to be a, a couple of questions there. Plus, Indianapolis doesn't have the the receiver capability. I mean, you you look at the receivers they have, T.Y. Hilton, and I mean that's about it. It's it's Hilton, 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 and that's all they've got. So I think I'm I'm doing a hard sell on that one. Hard sell for me too. You can't convince me anything. <laughs> that team being anything great. Um, I, whether whether they have Andrew Luck or not, he's what they have. They have T.Y. They did. Get a better off. They have a better offensive line this year. Uh, their defense isn't intimidating at all. And um, to me, it's that's just all it is. You're not going to convince me otherwise. Cleveland Browns win six games. So here's where I'm at. Before the draft, I, I said the Cleveland Browns will win eight games, and then, and then they obviously went and screwed up the draft. So I'm going to buy six games. Because I think they did, they did a lot in the in the offseason. They picked up Landry. They got they got Tyrod Taylor. This this team they have now is not a zero to two win team. It's it's better than, than people think. Even the even the team that just went went winless, their defense is still top ten. They have weapons in the offense. The team was better. Like I'm I'm sorry, this winless team was better than the Lions winless team. The, this team has weapons. And and with what they picked up in the free agency, the draft sucked. But with what they picked up in free agency, I think they can win five to six games. Yeah, and let's I'll, I'll buy, and the reason I'm gonna buy. I mean, at first when we first, I mean, at first I was thinking, yeah, this is a rent because I had them possibly winning four. But I also you also have to remember, I don't think Baker Mayfield comes in and starts right away. They have Tyrod Taylor, who I think is going to do good things for them. I think that they win six games. Possibly, you know, possibly seven, but they have a tough schedule. So for me, six wins I'll buy, but it remains to be seen. It's right on the borderline of rent. Hard sell. Um, Tyrod Taylor, uh, you guys sit here and talk up Tyler, Tyrod Taylor as though he's some sort of god on the football field and as if the man is the savior. The guy is not that good. Tyrod Taylor is not a great quarterback. He hasn't been a great quarterback. He has, hasn't ranked in the 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 top ten in in a long time if ever. But he, Tyrod but Taylor he got Buffalo to the playoffs last season. He got Buffalo to the playoffs, but Buffalo had what a great defense and a great running game. So did Mark Sanchez. What did Mark Sanchez do? He hid behind a great defense and a great run game. You and gotta look and at behind that. people's butts. Yeah, yes, but, he, he ran into it. But, but my thing is, Cleveland has a better defense than Bills. I'm standing by that. I, I don't know that. I, I can't I can't honestly tell you that. I don't know about I don't know about that. They, I don't know about a better defense, but I, I mean ultimately, uh do I do I think Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback of the future over there for no. the Buffalo Bills? 
Uh, or, or I'm sorry for for Cleveland Browns yeah. rather. I don't I don't think also, so. Also, they're hoping that Mayfield takes over. That's that's the plan. Right, and to, to I, I know that they're hoping that that Baker Mayfield takes over. Tyrod goes down. Baker Mayfield. Um, uh, Baker Mayfield comes into the game. Is Baker Mayfield gonna be the guy? I don't think so. Baker Mayfield. He ran a a uh, um, a spread offense. The guy hasn't run a pro-style offense. He's not that good. Um, I also want to point out the, the the total defense. The Cleveland Browns weren't even close to the Buffalo Bills because the league leader in defense was the Buffalo Bills last year. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. That was postseason. Hang on. Let me switch over. Um, still not better. <laughs> still not better. So, I mean, realistically, do I believe that um, – do I believe that the the Cleveland Browns are are the better team or that they have a better defense than Buffalo? No, I, I don't think that the Cleveland Browns wind up being um, anything spectacular moving forward. I, I'm I'm doing a hard sell. This team will win three games. Okay. Dallas Cowboys missed the playoffs again. Hard buy. Mm. Hard buy. I do not like Prescott. Elliot is Elliot is the uh, golden goose in that team. They're going to try to rock behind him. They no longer have Dez. The defense is eh. Hard by Dallas missed the playoffs. Dallas is ranks three in the division. Wow. Um, I think Dallas missed the playoffs. I'm buying that. Um, I stand by that. Uh, Dallas is – they're sinking ship right now. They're an aging team. Really, I don't buy Dallas. I haven't bought Dallas for a while. Um, Zeke is, is kind of the only thing they really have going for him. So Dallas will miss the playoffs. I'm buying this one. Dallas Cowboys missed the playoffs for, for the second, third season, second season in a row that they're missing the playoffs this year. Oh, you guys look at us agreeing on stuff. Oh, look at that. <laughs> um, this is, this is an easy one for me. This is... <laughs> now, Go ahead. This is an easy one. Uh, they're missing the playoffs. I don't think they. I mean, they were. They they just weren't working well last year. They're not going to work well this year. They got rid of even more targets. They can't. They can't rely on just Ezekiel Elliott. Like you, I'm not the biggest fan of Dak Prescott. I think he's a decent quarterback, but he's not. He's not a. Now, I will say this before we move on. That division has gone 14 straight seasons. With a different division winner every time, I'm standing by the Eagles are going to break that streak and win it two in a row. Absolutely. But that division, who freaking knows these days? Yeah, who knows? Because we thought Dallas was going to break that a couple seasons ago, and then screw that—that that was yeah, out the window, right out the window. And I, I, uh, I'm sort of in agreement with you, Josh. Where Dak Prescott, he's kind of hit or miss. But we got to remember, this is the guy that came in and led the league with a, um, for an accuracy standpoint. In his in his first season in, so I mean, and yep. he's not very far in. He's you know he had a little bit of a slump here. Okay, great, but is Dak Prescott going to come out and start slinging it? I think he's gonna. I do it. Do they miss the playoffs? Yeah, but Prescott's a lot better than I we're giving him credit for. I don't think I'm, I'm going to put. I don't think he's bad. I don't think that he can't go out there and still produce the level he did the year one. I don't think he has enough targets receiver wise. I don't see Terrence Williams being that great. I don't see. Cole Beasley still being that guy. I don't. It's to me. It's you lost your big name guy, in 
and what do they have other than that? I mean, they have Terrence Williams, who does. He's hit or miss. And then you have Cole Beasley, who's a great slot guy. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think he's number one guy material. So. I think I think the bigger story there, to be honest with you, uh, uh, is the uh, the defense because Dallas Cowboys defense is ranked so low. I mean, they're bad against the rush, bad against the pass. I mean, they made some moves to improve their defense. That's great. But I think that's the bigger story here. Is I mean, Leighton Van Der Esch was their great pick, you know, in the draft. But I mean, beyond that, eh, debatable defense, man. Yeah. Anyway, any <laughs> debatable. Uh, let me let me put it to you this way. The problem I have, I've had over the last few years with Dallas Cowboys defense, is they continuously draft defensive ends. You have enough. That's enough. You need other things on your defense that you need to address. You have uh, Lee, who's getting up there in age. Mm-hmm. You have plus he has injury problems. You have I don't I just don't see what the what the what what they're trying to do with so many defensive ends. And then they get, they keep getting valuable defensive ends, but that doesn't help anywhere else on your defense. You know, if that's all you're, all you're picking up, <laughs> so you can't focus on that one spot. So this next one, I feel like needs. I, I need to actually use the description they use in this one. Um, the Chicago Bears make the playoffs. It says, "You guys remember how last season the Los Angeles Rams were the laughing stock up to the league? They were not. Well, the year prior, the year before this juggernaut, they won six games." Okay. I don't think that makes them a laughing okay, stock. Okay, but you had the Cleveland Browns and you had the New York Jets. Why were they the laughing stock? I'm I'm just speaking. I I'm, I'm just I'm at. Uh, that's questionable. But, I don't know. But so what what I'm saying here is so the the Rams went from the lowest yards per game offensively to the top five, so uh, the biggest jump in NFL history from season to season. Yeah. So. I see their point in saying how a bad team can go from bad to good in a season, depending on what you do. And a lot of people are jumping on the 49ers bandwagon, but in this case, they're saying Chicago Bears are going to be that team to make that leap. Um, I see their point. I like Trubisky. This season isn't it. I'm going to sell, but I'm also saying, so call it rent if you want. I'm going to say the Bears are going to make strides in the right direction. But Bears do not make the playoffs. They are still a couple seasons out. I'm not even going to call that a rent. That's a sell. They're not making the playoffs, right? Fair. Sell it. And that's what I'm, I'm doing. I'm going to sell. And the reason I'm selling is because, one, they're in the in Tyler's case. It'll be the second best division in football. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm going to say that. NFC South is the best division in football. No. Yeah. Are you um, three teams in the playoffs? Um, I'm sorry, you're, I'm I'm surprised you're not talking about you know your your Baltimore Ravens division, but anyway, um, <laughs> I feel like you have a rookie quarterback who has a new head coach this year. They're going to have a whole new system for him to learn. Do I think he'll do well? I do. I do like Mitchell Trubisky, but it's not their year, like you said. Agreed. I like Trubisky a lot. Athletic guy, good arm. Knows how to extend plays. Gave the Vikings a run for their money last year. Let's face it, one of the best defenses in the league gave them a run for their money. Yeah, they, uh, and they beat Baltimore. Yeah, they beat. They, and I, they, I think they Chicago. They good games. Yeah, there, there's hints of greatness there, and I like that. I think Trubisky's a, a good quarterback. Do they make the playoffs? No, they got a lot of improving to do. They got a lot of things to fix over there in Chicago. Does do they they move in the right direction? Yeah, but for me, this is a sell. The Bengals miss the playoffs and finally fire Marvin Lewis. 
Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> um, the Bengals have had a fairly good team for a while, but I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as saying Juggernaut would. And Marvin Lewis has stuck around longer than than Tomlin and, and Harbaugh, but the Bengals have been the third best team at division on average over the last decade. Why Marvin Lewis is still around, given that in, in his time frame, Steelers have won two Super Bowls, Ravens have won one. So however many playoff games between them. And Bengals have made the playoffs. And, and how many playoff games have the Bengals won? Zero. Zero. None. It's it's about time that they give up on this project. Marvin Lewis is not that hard-nosed coach that that team needs. It's that time. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, Marvin Lewis. <laughs> um, to me, it's ob- it's obviously a sell. Um, or it's a, it's a buy. And the one thing that I can say about this football team is I don't see them doing enough to help their football team get better. They look like the same team every year, minus one or two pieces every year. And those two, one or two pieces they lose are big ones every year. So to me, it's you know they just it's 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 a buy. I, I'm with you. I'm buying it there. Um, I to me, Marvin Lewis, he's he's had enough chances. Um, and and a lot of this is on the general management here. Not not enough motion in free agency. Not enough motion in the draft. They they pick up certain guys that just don't pan out. Andy Dalton's trying his damnedest over there. You can really tell he's trying hard. Um, I like Andy Dalton. I like him as a quarterback. I remember, uh, you know, having him in fantasy during that breakout year he had, I, I was watching him go, and I, I watched a lot more Cincinnati Bengals games than I ever have, and wow, what a good quarterback. Um, and he, he needs, it, Green cannot just be his only target. I think exactly. that's a big thing. He doesn't have any targets over there. Um, he has Eifert. That's about it. Um, so there, there are a lot of questions about what they're going to do in, in Cincinnati. I think Marvin Lewis goes bye-bye. He he had great defenses for a little while. He had uh, um, you know a strong offense for a little while. He knew how to have a good run game, but he hasn't had a real true consistent running back for a while. They've been switching between Giovanni Bernard being hot one year to Jeremy Hill being hot the next, and so on and so and forth. Then they got Joe Mixon. Yeah, and you just never know what running back's going to be hot. If they were smart, they should have gone up and picked up Legarrette Blunt and then revamped that running game, and they didn't do that. To me, this is a, a big buy. I think Marvin Lewis goes bye-bye, and, and we, we start talking about new head coaches in Cincinnati. Right, it's time to move on. Yep. You know, Miami Dolphins have the worst record in the league. I'm not going to fully buy this, but I'm not selling it either. I, if Tannehill can come back and do what Tannehill does, they'll be okay and won't have the worst record because the worst record is hard to do. So I'm, I'm, I'm officially renting here. I mean, I can't tell you who's going to have a worse record than them. I mean, Jets, possibly Bill. Bills don't have any great quarterback. I mean, Josh Allen's not going to get the job done. No. Um, I, I, can, I can go on and on here, but I, I don't think that Miami's going to have the worst record. But they're going to be down that way. Yeah, I'm going to rent this one. Um, the, the Dolphins themselves have been – the Dolphins, they, they traded away too many pieces. They got rid of too much in the offseason. They didn't pick up enough to, to fill the holes there. Um, the Ryan Tannehill project is just a sad mistake at this point. I'm buying this, or I'm sorry, I'm renting this. I, I think it's a big possibility, but I'm not completely buying in, so I'm going to rent. Um, I would I would love to uh, um, 
I, I, I want to say that, that the Dolphins aren't going to wind up tanking as hard as Cleveland, as I think Cleveland will, but it, it is a possibility. I'm, I'm also renting it. We're just going to keep agreeing here for a little bit. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's, it is what it is. They gave up their best player to the Browns. And I, I, yeah, I don't, I, we all agree on this one. There's no much, there's not, there's not much more to say. Um, Atlanta Falcons have the top ranked defense. Hard, hard. I mean, I've been talking about all night about the Fab Four defenses after last season. A hard sell. Atlanta defense, Atlanta is not going to top, not all of them, let alone one of them. They, Ravens, Vikings, uh, Ravens, Vikings, Rams, and uh, Jaguars. Falcons will not top all four of them. They're not going to top one of them. At best, they're going to be able to do five. I'm going to do a hard sell. Falcons will not be the top ranked defense in, in 2018. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to say much more other than hard sell as well. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm just going to go ahead and straight up sell that one. Um, it's just not going to happen. They don't have the pieces. I, I this one's. Hard no. Sorry. Sorry. Andrew Luck wins comeback player of the year. Now, this one's possible. I see, I don't see them win the division. I don't, and, and I don't see making the playoffs, but you don't need to do that to be the comeback player. Luck can come back and have a great season, be the comeback player of the year. I'm going to buy this as, as long, I'll change the rent. As long as he comes back and is healthy for the beginning of the season, I'll buy this. Um, it doesn't take much to win that because, I mean, there's not a lot of players that were hurt all year that can, that can possibly win this. I'm going to say that Luck's going to win this by a landslide. He's going to have a good season. Whether it's going to be enough to help the Colts do anything superb, probably not. But Luck's going to have a good season and, and, and win those honors. Um, sell. Sell. There's, there are other guys out there that are coming back from, from, from injuries. you got Odell Beckham Jr. You, have hey, Jam- you also have Jameis Winston. You all, there's there's plenty of guys that are, they can come back and have a better year than him because they have better teams than him. I mean, if you're looking at that, in a case, yeah, it can happen. It's a rent to me or for me, but I, I can, I'm going to say I don't think so, but we'll run it because it is possible. I'm going to sell. And the one name that I'm just going to throw out there right off the top of my head, Watson, Watson, Watson. Um, you know, man's coming off injury. I don't think anybody's going to outdo that guy. I'm saying sell, and I'm saying Deshaun Watson's going to wind up taking that anyway. Fair. And I could see that happening too. Patriots remain dominant. To me, this is very vague. Um, I'm gonna, <laughs> That's vague. That I'm going to take this as saying that they're going to be the number one team in the AFC. That's how I'm looking at it. Um, are they going to be the number one team in the AFC? That's how I'm reading this. Okay. I mean, we'll, we'll read it that way. I don't know. Um. Okay, well, take it any way you want. I'm gonna, I'm in rent mostly by, because I mean, you'd be dumb not to uh, better the Patriots at this point, but uh, the Patriots are gonna be a very good team. They always are, but as Brady starts to age, I think teams are gonna begin to catch up to him. Yeah. And I think this year you're gonna see teams start to catch up to him, but Patriots are gonna do what Patriots do, and that's win games. Yeah, um, agreed. Uh, I'll say I'll say that I agree. It's a buy for me, um, but you are right. Teams are starting, and and I noticed it very early on last season. You had the Chiefs come in and 
and, and have a great game with them and, and they beat them and then they struggled early on, but then they just, you know, they did what they did and they just buckled down and won and won and won some more. So I agree. Um, it's, it's, it's a buy for me. Um, I'm going to buy it straight up. You, you, even though, even though teams are catching up with Tom Brady, I believe they remain dominant. Tom Brady's too good. You know, he's just too good. I, I love Tom Brady um, to that extent in the fact that he has – he's a good player all around in spite of the, all the cheating and all the nonsense because I'm not a big fan of the, the cheating and stuff. Um, but Tom Brady, it's Tom Brady. I mean, let's let's face facts. He's the best player in the league right now. Definitely not a Joe Montana, but the best player in the league right now. <laughs> so um, I will say that. So right, for another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe one day I can get my uh, Patriots buddy in here and we can have this discussion. Oh, um, that discussion. I'll destroy. Uh, um, Sixth-seeded Saints win the Super Bowl. I think the Saints will win the division. So I'm going to say a weird run on this because so, I'm going to say they're not going to be six-seed. But it would not surprise me to see the Saints win the Super Bowl. I mean, they were damn near doing that last season. We, you had the uh, Minneapolis Miracle, Minnesota Miracle, whatever the frick that's called. Daddy. Lucky you. <laughs> um, but the Saints are a very good football team. And so I'm going to go rent because to me, they're not winning the Super Bowl, but I wouldn't be surprised if they won the Super Bowl, if that, if that makes sense. They're one of the teams you'd put in that mix, but they're not my pick. What, would it surprise me? No. But do I think it's going to happen? No, I'm selling. They're not winning the Super Bowl. That's not going to happen. Um, they'll make the playoffs. Between them and Atlanta, there's going to be a, a, a slugfest for and that Carolina. division. I don't think Carolina's in that in that discussion well, right now. Atlanta was the third, was third best in that division. I, I don't, I don't think Carolina's going to be in that discussion. I, I think honestly, you're you're talking Atlanta, you're talking New Orleans. I think in the grand scheme of things, this is going to be a, a situation where if the Saints do win the division. Um, or, or if they do wind up in the number six seed, they're, they're going to wind up just sitting at the bottom. They're going to tank out in the division around again. They're not going anywhere near near a Super Bowl. Breeze is going to try his damnedest for the next two years, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's a sell for me as well. I think they're a good team. I think, they, I think they'll probably make the playoffs. I don't see them winning the Super Bowl. All right. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we have the second half of our main event which is something that you guys have, have gotten to know pretty well at this point. Yes. Not gonna, not gonna say the name, but you guys, you guys know what's coming. You, get, you guys have been watching the show every week. So, or watching. Listening. They're watching. Listening. Jesus, there's watching cameras around here. <laughs> They're watching us now. You guys have been listening. Just shut up. So Pete. You guys have been listening every other week. So uh, they have eyes in their ears, Josh. Jesus. Right through your ball. So, <laughs> right after this break, we have a special main event for you that is very similar to what we've just been talking about. Yep, stay tuned right here on the Outside Blitz for a word from our sponsors. Place that tell us what is right from wrong. Who's the fan to chart my actions for to confirm I, I won't hurt anyone? Everyone is on a different path to find the joy that they all seek. But there's more than just one way to find the 
and welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, Tyler Dean. The very tight Tyler Dean. You really need to stop interrupting me. Oh, come on. Adjectives. Adjectives, Tyler. Fine, I got this. I got this. Uh Uh-huh. And my co-host, the very frustrating Scotty Freytown. Yeah. See, now you're getting it. Frustrating. I, I can be very frustrating. And uh, the very can be old. No, you're always frustrating. I I can be, but I'm not always frustrating. Always, I'm not. And uh, I'm I want to introduce the very jingoistic Josh Rigsby. I'm starting to wonder if you even know what these words means. Uh, jingoistic means that you're overly nationalistic oh, and patriotic. So you, have, you, have, you have the definition pulled up. Well, I read it before I say it. I read the whole sentence. If patriotic. I patriotic. Yeah, he's very patriotic. Jesus, can you hear that? That's why he likes the the NFL national anthem rule. So America, America. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm not gonna, screw it. <laughs> so welcome to our main event. For, is this the second or third straight show where this is the main event? This is well, yeah. This is like the third straight show. It's the main event, and it's the fourth show in a row that we've had this. It's going to become an every show thing. I told you it was when you came up with it, and now it's going to become an every show thing. You've Which, done it now. I'm just going to have to come up with something every time now, so this is going to be tough. I know. It's such a challenge, and I love it. You'll be okay once the season starts. Who's excited? No, that'll be I'm easy. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. During the season, it'll be easy peasy. But it's time for a segment we like to call Tyler's Top Ten. I still hate that sound. You love it. No, I don't. You do. You love it. So, to a surprise of no one, Tyler's Top Ten this, this episode is going to be... Bold predictions. Bold predictions. This is exciting. Which we will also do again. My earballs. Probably. <laughs> His earballs hurt. We'll probably do again as a Tyler's top ten once once we get right around the season starting. Yep. But kind of right in the middle of training camp, we're gonna do Tyler's top ten bold predictions. There we go. That are that are different than the ones we just talked about. So. Right. So we're gonna get actually into Tyler's. Predictions. I'm I'm stoked. I'm stoked to hear this nonsense. So I have I have more than ten, but I had to simplify it down to ten. Well, figure it out, homeboy. So I, don't, I, I have my ten, but everyone has tons of bold predictions they see happening. So to simplify down to ten was just it's tough. And you you want to grab predictions that are bold. You don't want to just be oh yeah. I think uh, the Patriots are gonna win the division. Yeah, we we know that. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's why you know when they, when they came up with the Patriots continue to dominate. It's like no crap. Like like we we knew that was going on. Like, no, uh, <laughs> we we knew that was happening, my friends. Like you gotta be a little ballsy. Like you ex- a bold prediction. If if you come up with twenty bold predictions, you should expect that fifteen of them are probably not going to happen because they're bold predictions for a reason. If if right. if you predict twenty bold predictions, they all happen. You should be famous. Yeah, get a crystal ball or something, you know, pull some Miss Cleo He's stuff. From the future. <laughs> so so it, it, and, and I'm sure a lot of you guys listening can say that the 15 we just went through, a lot of them, like, you're, you're thinking, what are these animals getting paid for coming from this crap? Yeah. Well, or what are they smoking? I, I don't exactly. know. Exactly. And, and, and at the end of the day, <laughs> bold predictions, they're, they're meant to be tough. They're meant to be a little outrageous. They're meant to be a little out there. But, but at the end of the day, they also need to be possible. So I'm going to start right at the bottom. I'm just I'm going to set you guys off on a very interesting path out of the gate. So number ten, the rushing yard record will be broken. Interesting. So the last 
time that that we were close to doing this was the Minnesota Vikings. AP. And uh, Adrian Peterson was right there. If I'm not mistaken, it was nine yards. Yeah, something like that. It was about nine yards. It was a, it was a hell of a season, though. It was the hell of a season for that guy. I mean, you wanted him to get it, but man. Man, what a hard runner. He he busted his tail for that one. We have a lot of good running backs that could do this. You have Bell, you have Gurley, Elliott, Fournette, Shady, um, Johnson. I, I, I'm missing some, too. I would say right now we have the best group, the best one through five, six backs that he's ever had. It's a, it's, a, it's a very good running back group. Interesting thing, though, that I want to point out about this, and, and I am going to sell on that, Tyler, and here's why. Interesting thing is that the rushing yard totals over the course of the last few years have been very has been have been considerably weaker than what we're used to seeing. You're not seeing 17, 18, 1900 yard rushers. You're seeing I I think a couple of years ago we had a 1400 yard rusher was, as, was as the, the rushing champion. Yeah. And, so, and last season I think I think it was 15 and change. Right. So you're you're not looking at at these monster monster runners. Um, you have guys that can do it. I think a guy like Todd Gurley, if you looked at it, he was having himself a hell of a year. A guy like Dalvin Cook. Um, and, and, you know, even though I know it's a small sample size, I know he's a Viking, but still a guy like him, Mike Zimmer knows how to run the football. There's guys out there that can, that can really turn it up. Um, do I think it's going to happen this year? No, I don't think it's going to happen for a long, long time. I hope it happens at some point. And I know you're against Gurley, but just keep in mind, he was benched because of playoff healthiness for the last two games of the season. If if that didn't happen, he would have demolished Green Hunt in total yards. No, uh, Todd Gurley. Boo. Right. Let's uh, give Josh's moment to uh, give his take. Sell. Sell. And sell. Sell. This is a this is a very rough prediction, and I I hope it it's happens. a passing league. It's it's a sell. I mean, can someone do it? I believe they could, but it would be a t- It's going to be somebody that's going to have to run the football a lot, like maybe Dallas this year, right. but I don't think they're going to break that. Fair enough. Number nine, the defensive and offensive rookie of the year will 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 be won by players not drafted in the first round. Um, I'm gonna buy that, and and the reason I'm gonna buy that is uh, I'm I I say it all the time, and you're gonna hate it. I think. Saquon Barkley is number one. I think he's something. He's a guy that could do it, but he's he's in the first round. I don't think that he's going to wind. I don't think he's going to wind up taking it. I think you're going to be talking. Darius Geis is on the board. <laughs> All right, Darius Geis is, is, is he could be taking the offensive player of the year. Um, because look, because look who uh, offensive uh, offensive who won, rookie of the year. Who won offensive of the, of the offensive rookie of the year last year? Oh geez, I don't even remember. Was it Kamara? I believe. Oh yeah, I believe it was Kamara Aiken, if I'm not mistaken. Or not Kamara Aiken, uh, Al- Alvin Kamara. I'm yeah. sorry, I, yeah. I hear Kamara, and I'm yeah. like, eh. Uh, uh, Alvin no, Kamara. Cause, yeah, because Kamara was not a first round. No. And he won Rookie of the Year. Um, I I can't remember who won Rookie of the Year on the defensive side. No, but um, but it, uh, I'm sure you have a you have a big ass computer in front of you. I'm sure you can look it up. I, I'd have to go down the list here, but I mean, ultimately. I think a guy like Darius Geis could very – I'm going to buy this. I think there's going to be some breakout players. And there were a lot of guys taken in the second round this year that are hot market players. Carry on Johnson, big market player. 
big guy that you're gonna Actually, want. Or, or maybe the, maybe it was either maybe Kamara did win. It was either Kamara or uh, Kareem Hunt, but neither one of them were first rounders. I think Hunt was a third rounder. Um, it, I'm but not sure. I, I would have to. We're we're diving into that research, but I know for a fact it was the first round. Yeah, I am gonna go ahead and and start my my research here. But Josh, where, where do you stand on a? Let's see, offensive, offensively, here. you got Robert Griffin III, Eddie Lacy, OBJ, Todd Gurley, Jeez, get to the 2017. Dak Prescott, and Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, yep. And it's very frustrating. On the, frustrating, <laughs> Scotty Freytown. And on the uh, defensive side of the ball, you got Sheldon Richardson, Aaron Donald, Marcus Peters, Joey Bosa, and Marshawn Lattimore last year. Wow, two Saints. But he was a first-rounder. Uh, yeah, I believe so, yes. So, using 2017... My my prediction w- would be wrong, but I'm going to say this year both offensive and defensive will not be first round late picks. Second uh, round, second round or later. I'm buying. I'm buying it. I can buy that. Every year you have somebody that breaks out. Nope, nobody saw Kareem. I mean, Kareem Hunt didn't win it, but Kareem Hunt very well could have. Yeah. And I mean, I I talk about we talk about Raven born about me being a Raven guy. I'm I'm also gonna. Bring some more personal info to you guys. I'm a, I'm a Toledo Rocket through and through. It's where I went to college. I'm going to support those guys. And and I'm not crazy for supporting uh, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt came out of freaking nowhere out of Toledo and tore it up for the Chiefs. Boom. Those type of play, but those type of players happen every year. Yep. Yep. They do. So Now, now Kareem Hunt did win the overall rookie of the year. Okay. So, so that was something. Which typically does get broken up. Yeah, he he got he won the uh, the Pro Football Weekly Rookie of the Year. Which um, I guess I'm saying that 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 award will since I'm saying that neither will go to a first rounder. I'm also saying that that's going to go to a non first rounder. Right. So that by default. So number eight, the Lions. Here you go, Josh. The Lions will break the hundred yard the or I should say the lack of hundred yard rusher. Curse this year. They're on twenty-two straight games without a hundred-yard rusher. Um, I'm buying, and the reason I'm buying is uh, I don't think it's going to be Legarrette. I'm going to double down on it. It's not going to be Legarrette Blunt that does it. It's going to be Carryon Johnson. I, I believe Carryon Johnson's the better runner. He's more elusive. He's faster. I think you know if you're talking uh, a guy like um, a Legarrette Blunt, he's a bruiser. He's a, a downhill kind of guy. I'm going to beat you up as I, and and I'm going to break tackles. He, he's a bruiser. But when you're talking breaking records, Carryon Johnson will be the guy. I'm I'm big on him. He was a good pick uh, this upcoming year. Um, I like this. I, I think he'll he'll do it. Tyler, do you want to go before I go? Since this is a Lions topic, well, this is my well, this is his prediction. This is my list. I'm already I've already bought. Oh, did you buy? Okay. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. Um, I uh, I will rent. Only reason I'm renting. I'm very hard on my football team, <laughs> but I am renting because it all comes down to our offensive line. Did we address it enough? Do we stay healthy? Because last year, a guy like TJ Lang, who never gets hurt, got hurt three times. Mm-hmm. Ricky Wagner got hurt a couple times as well. And he never got hurt in Baltimore. So it's, it comes down to how our offensive line does. Because that's been our biggest factor. And I think the thing is, is that you say one thing that that you just said rang a bell. Did you address it enough? 
because who's you know I think that should set off an alarm to somebody that Ragnall got moved to guard. That he's yeah. a, he came in as a center, he got drafted as a center, he played center in college, he gets moved to guard. So to me, that should set off an alarm to any Lions fan that maybe this guy hasn't panned out the way that they believe he was going to pan out. I feel like if this is the case, you want to test him out in the preseason, see where his strength is. Most likely it's going to be center. Um, but you have to test this out before you make it your thing. Right. So, the, the original notion there was that he was going to start at center and they were going to move their current center, Glasgow, Glasgow over to guard. Now you're looking at you know, Ragnow sitting at guard and you're going, why did we draft the, this guy? If he if he's going to be playing guard instead of the position he was drafted for, it should ring a bell to somebody. Maybe he's not panning out the way that they thought he was. Maybe he's not the guy that he thought that they thought he was. Yeah. Number seven on my list here is DeAndre Hopkins will lead the league in receiving yards with fourteen hundred plus. Now Hopkins has been one of the most consistent receivers in this league. Um, we're talking about consistency. You're talking. You're talking three guys. You're talking Brown, Julio, and Hopkins. And Hopkins has had the worst quarterbacks of that of that group until Watson got here. And now I think now that Hopkins has his quarterback, I think Hopkins goes and does what he does and continues his tear of having north of of eleven hundred yards. And and but this year he leads the league. DeAndre Hopkins leads the league. I'm going to sell. Um, I don't think anybody's taking on Julio Jones right now. Um, I think he's going to have a monster year this year. And I think Julio Jones, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's in a contract year. Julio Jones is going to be the man. And that's where I'm at on it. The bar doesn't get any higher than Julio. So. But he wasn't even the number one guy last year. I will say... For me, it's a rent. It's very possible. Um, but I don't think he's going to outdo uh, Julio. Fair enough. I mean, fantasy doesn't matter, but Hopkins has been like one of the hottest guys at receiver over the last few seasons. But I, I and, and that's not to take away you know, the, the ability of a guy like a DeAndre Hopkins. I think DeAndre Hopkins is incredible. I mean, and, and a guy who... He started behind Andre Johnson and then just took the spot. I mean, the the guy is a great receiver, so that should tell you something. He still put up good numbers even with Andre Johnson hanging around. DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is a good receiver. Is he? He's a very good receiver. He's a top receiver in this league. But and is DeAndre Hopkins going to steal a yardage record from all, all these great receivers in the league? Julio's he's taking been, that. He's been right there, though. Yeah, he's been right yards. there. I don't. And my my standpoint in Hopkins is Brown and Julio have had phenomenal quarterbacks to throw to them. Hopkins never has. Like he's had T.J. Yates and Osweiler and Watson for half the season, and then garbage after that. Hopkins has proven he can do it without a juggernaut quarterback. Someone like Brown has proven when Ben goes down, Brown goes down. Yes, yeah. and that, that is a thing. But moving on, number six, the I'm sure you guys are going to love this, but the Green Bay Packers are going to just miss the playoffs. Just miss. Um, I'm buying. And the reason I'm buying is because I don't think the Green Bay Packers are um, 
as good of a team as, as they've been made out to be. I think their their offensive line is awful, and I think they're going to eat that really bad. And, and their defense, it, 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 they're very thin at corner. That's the big thing for, for the Packers. They're really – we always talk about their old line. They're very thin at corner, and um, I think that's going to definitely stand out for them. I mean, they, they drafted Jerry, Jerry Alexander, but I – I don't. I don't buy it. I'm. I, I'm. I'm sorry. I buy it. I think they're going to miss the playoffs. I think they're gone. Buy, and I'm at the end of this. I'm going to make my own bold prediction on this. Um, I'm buying because, like like Scott said, their offensive line is garbage. Awful. Their corners aren't great. Awful. They don't. They just to me, once Aaron Rodgers goes down again, what's most likely going to happen? They are going to fall completely off. They did it last year, and they'll do it again. So, quick, quick little note: do do they go last? No, they're going third. No, they'll they'll go uh, third. I don't think Chicago boot comes out of the cellar there. Um, uh, the bold prediction I had is that Mike McCarthy gets fired. Wow! Wow! Yeah, I would. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say he's got one more season after this, and then he's gone. But that's that's where I'm at. Number going to the top five here, and what's the Tyler's top ten without the going to Baltimore? Oh. Joe Flacco will have a career year and break four thousand yards and thirty plus touchdowns because his he's on the hot seat. He's got a young quarterback that's willing, that's ready to take his spot and ready to go. Joe's gonna have a resurgence and and do his job and and be the quarterback that he that he that he's capable of being. Um, I'm going to sell. I don't think Joe Flacco has the chops. I think he's done. I think he's overpaid, and I think he gets fired after this year. Here we go. Here we go. I'm also going to say sell. Shocker. And <laughs> and another bold prediction. Oh shoot! Here we Lamar go. Jackson takes his job this year, as he will get benched after he just plays complete trash football. Woo! I disagree on that. But and we'll then see. Tyler can stop talking about Joe Flacco with his mouthful. <laughs> Josh, I will give you $50 if Lamar Jackson becomes a starting quarterback not because of injury. Injuries, null and void. I'll take the bet. Ooh, look at that. Now we're betting on football. This is illegal, <laughs> gentlemen. Illegal. It- no, you 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 saw the. It's not a bet. He said he would give me fifty bucks. No, the, 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 the new ruling says that that you're allowed, that sports betting is legal now. Oh golly, but, embracing no. it. Joe will not lose his job this season on performance. Uh, who will not lose their job? Joe Flacco. He will on performance this current this season. He'll start all sixteen games. He will lose his job based on performance. I don't believe he'll start all 16 games. It's a contract year. They're paying him a boatload of money. If you're not coming out here and you're playing well and making that money. Well, it's not even a contract year. They just have the ability to buy out of it. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is he's going to play well and earn his spot to be the starter. Lamar Jackson will be sitting three seasons. No. 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 So, going into top four, because I have two disagreeing people over here. He's like, I'm done with this. <laughs> Run. Run from the Baltimore well, haters. Well, no, I, I, I just, I'm not sold on Lamar Jackson, because a lot, so many of those running quarters have come in, and they've had the one good year and become hot garbage. Consider, I mean, apart from the fact that Tyler that Tyler's not his teammate, but right now he's, he's T.O., but that's my quarterback, man. 
That's my quarterback. That's my teammate. But right now, I'm not sold on Lamar. I, Lamar right now has 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 the sense of turning into RG three. Has a couple good seasons and then you wash away or nothing. Until he can prove that he can uh, he can uh, grow into this league and grow to be a pocket passer, I'm not sold on Lamar. But going number four, Jared Goff will be the league's MVP. Who? <laughs> Jared Goff. Sell. Who was in the running for MVP before at, at the end of last, the last season? Sell. Okay. Sell. Oh my gosh. Sell. Sell. Fair. Sell. That's oh, a, that's geez. a bold prediction. But it's a bold prediction. The guy played good ball last year. I don't think he's. I think he's. He's a good quarterback, and he's very good. I think he's above the People, average. When they look at that team, they're not fearing Jared Goff. They're fearing Todd, Todd Gurley and the defense. Mm-hmm. And the defense. So. And and that's exactly what I think. I think they're fearing Todd Gurley in defense. I think he plays in a very favorable system, kind of the way that Case Keenum did. Uh, but I don't I don't buy Goff as a an MVP candidate at all. Jared Goff is just as good as Carson Wentz. False, if not better. False. Um, I'll give you that one. I'm not a huge Carson Wentz fan. False. Bingo. For me, when I watch and, Carson Wentz, I watch ding and dunk football where I throw short passes all game. Well, what do you think? Wait a minute. What do you think you're looking at when you're talking Tom Brady? <laughs> Have you seen the guy play? And, and my point hey, is, I'm not over here saying that he's better than Joe Montana. I'm, I I didn't say he's better than I, Joe Montana. I know. I'm just saying a lot of people do. Because so. who who was going to win MVP if Carson Wentz didn't go down the ACL tear? Carson Wentz. Was winning hands down. There was no question that he was the obvious choice. Yes, he went down, and Brady won it by default. Let's yeah, be honest. yeah, it, it it had to be. Cool. Just give it to Brady. It's a safe bet. Um, Wentz and Watson went down. Like okay, Brady, I guess, because <laughs> he's the next best available. He's used to it. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I, I don't want to shit on the Patriots too much. The Patriots are a very good football team. Tom Brady is, a, is the best quarterback in the history of the league. But Brady won MVP out of default. Joe Montana's greatest quarterback in the history of the league. Peyton Manning. Joe Montana. Peyton Manning's better than Joe Montana. No, he's not. But I digress. So do you. <laughs> Joe Montana's okay. Joe Montana's hey, Tyler. Great. Hey, Tyler. Shame. Shame on you. Shame. For what, Joe Montana? Shame yes. on you. Shame. Super. Well, Super Bowl wins don't make you a good quarterback, i.e. Terry Bradshaw. But Joe Montana has a bunch of them, and he's still a great quarterback and always was a great quarterback. <laughs> Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback in the history of the league. So, Period. number three, I'm going to make a shout-out to someone I know is going to be listening to this episode. My, my buddy who I used to work with out in Boston currently, uh, Pete Laptowitz. Uh, this one's for you. The Patriots are going to be the number three seed in the AFC. I'm buying it. And the reason I'm buying it is is I think they're they're now officially starting. The the big nasty juggernaut is finally starting to fall apart a little bit. Starting to fall apart. There's a little dissension in the ranks. Brady says he wants to do this as long as he can. Hey, kudos to you, buddy. But I don't think it's going to turn out that way. I think Tom Brady is going to have some good years. I don't think Tom Brady returns to the Super Bowl. I think the Patriots' machine is finally starting to 
I have the the uh, screws start to come undone. They're starting to fall apart. So who's one and two? One and two. Um, I think if you're, I think Jacksonville could very well be the number one. Um, but I do think Houston's going to probably wind up as the number two in that in in the AFC and probably take that division. Um, number one. But they're in the same. Di- okay. Go ahead. Yeah, Houston's going to take the division. Jacksonville could be the number one. But uh, I think Houston's going to win the division, be the number two seed. Number one's going to wind up going to Pittsburgh. Josh, uh, I'm going to I'm going to rent it, um, but I will make another bold prediction because I do think they are starting to decline. But they also are missing a piece to that defense, and that's their ex defensive coordinator who knows everything he needs to know. Which is why I'm making this bold prediction: Week Three, Monday Night Football, the Detroit Lions will beat the New England Patriots. Oh. Oh. Sell, 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 <laughs> sell, sell, sell. Hard sell, but no, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go with uh, the since I since I'm obviously saying that Patriots be three. I say one and two. One will be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Two will be the Oakland Raiders. Ballsy. No. Three could be the Jaguars, and four could be the Patriots. I hope that happens. Probably not, but. I think Patriots would be three. You really hate the Patriots. <laughs> I mean, everybody hates the Patriots, but I guess that's neither here nor there. Can, how, how many swear words can I see on this show? Well, you've met the quota. Okay. That, that <laughs> I tried to stop. They forced me to do <laughs> <laughs> Going to my top two. The Vikings. Your Vikings. Yeehaw. Are going to have the league's Best record. Woo! The league, not the NFC, the entire league. Woo! At 14 and 2. 14 and 2. Um, believe it or not, I'm going to sell this. Um, the schedule's too hard. It's a tough schedule. The whole NFC North has a ridiculous schedule. Um, I think that they, they won't have the league's best. I think they could have the NFC's best. I think they're still going to wind up in the number one seed, um, or they very well could. It's the schedules is super difficult. So to say that they're going to have the best record in the league, like league wide, that's that's asking a lot. Um, Twelve and four, thirteen and three seems reasonable. I think that seems a much more doable thing. But is that going to wind up being the best record in the league? Probably not. Um, but shoot, I do, I sure do hope so. Yeah, uh, I'm selling. I mean, it, like you said, tough schedule. I can agree with that. They're, it's super tough for the NFC North this year. Um, so I, I'm selling. I do think they're going to win the division. They're going to, you know, sell. And with as great as a team as they are shaping up to be, and they were last year, uh, it's very possible they're number one. So It, it is, definitely. I, I like I like the team that they're becoming. So Number one, the Los Angeles Rams will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Sell. And I'm selling it. I I think that they're going to be a close but no cigar type of team. I don't think the Rams go to the Super Bowl this year. That's a rent because it's close but no cigar. No, no, that's not a rent. They're not, they're not representing the NFC in the Super Bowl, then it's a sell. They, they'll go to the NFC Championship game, but they will not win. Uh, I'm going to go with sell. Uh, I feel like you still have the Philadelphia Eagles. You still have the Minnesota Vikings. You have tough a tough, um, complete division besides the Buccaneers and the NFC South. You have 
there's there's just a lot there that uh, keeps them out. I think um, we're just you know the NFC is a tough one. So and, and I agree, the NFC is gonna be tough. But I stand by the Rams are the best team in the NFC. Uh, it could be. I mean, they they could be. Now, did they if they were the best team in the NFC? Uh, I mean. Last year, they could have been looked at as the best team in the NFC, but they finished in the, what, number four seed, number three seed? So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I, I buy the Rams at this point in time, even even now as Super Bowl contenders. They added a lot of great pieces, but you get to the NFC, you know, and get down to the nitty-gritty here in, in January. We're going to see where the Rams really size up. I think I think I don't think it's any doubt that they're going to make the playoffs. Once we start seeing some product of football and we start seeing them on the field, you know, right. It'll begin to shape and for us there. And we'll re- we'll reinvest once this, once the preseason ends. We'll see where things go. We'll we'll relook at the uh, top ten here. Right. So we're done top ten, and we're we're getting pretty close to calling it a show here. So yeah, but I, wait a minute. You're not going to do think you're going to do it. I am. It's time, ladies and gentlemen, for Freytown's Forgotten Five. You didn't think I was just gonna let you scurry off like that. I think that. Tyler's gonna start calling the Freight out. It's frustrating. Fine. Yeah, Tyler gets so frustrated. Like he hates that. it. He hates it. It's it's fantastic, and um, I'm excited. Uh, I've got five that I think that that you guys are gonna really enjoy, and uh, I'm gonna get that whole show started. Are you excited, Tyler? Let me see that smile. Ooh, yeah. So, um, number five. Gentlemen, Darius Geis is on the board. Number five, I'm saying Darius Geis finishes his rookie season in the top three for rushing yards. Hard sell. Um, Hard sell. I think you have a lot of very talented running backs that are going to obviously be Hall of Famers down the road. You're talking about Bell... Elliott, Gurley, Freeman, Shady, uh, Fournette. There's a lot of very good running backs. And I, in, in his rookie season, I think Geis is going to be great. But in his rookie season, Geis will not be in the top five. Will not be in the top. Will not be in the top three. Will not be in the top five. I think Geis is going to wind up having a monster year. And the reason I say that is, is the guy was so good. He was supposed to be a first rounder. He fell to the second round. Man's got a chip on his shoulder late in the second. This is a great move, and I loved it. So do we expect to see you draft him in fantasy football this year? Well, I don't know. I don't know yet. I might. You'll see. <laughs> it depends. It depends on if he's on the board at that. Number point. one pick, like you did with AP that one year. Yeah, Josh. Is Darius guys can be top three? Absolutely not. So. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go with that. Number four. You're gonna love this one. Derrick Henry breaks 1,000 yards rushing, and finishes the year leading the league in yards from scrimmage. Rent. Rent. I like Derrick Henry a lot. I think he's more than capable to take over that team after DeMarco Murray. Um, Derrick Henry is going to do a lot of good things. I think he'll break 1,000. You're seeing 1,000 yards from scrimmage? A thousand yards rushing, and he finishes the league leading. He finishes leading the league in yards from scrimmage. He'll be he'll be up there. I'm I'm not sure he's going to be leading the league, but I'm gonna I'm gonna end end my my thoughts with with uh Derrick Henry's going to show the rest of the league that that he's a back that it, that is worthy of being scared of. Yep, agree with Tyler. Um, 
it's a rent for me. I think he's going to do great things. Um, but I feel like another guy who's going to continue to do what he did last year is uh, Kareem Hunt. Hunt, Bell, um, Kamara. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good scrimmage back guys that are going to give him a run for his money. Yep, and and I think I think that they will. But I think Derrick Henry showed last year he can be a change of pace back. And I think he's going to show again that he's great out of the backfield as well. We're looking at a very interesting football year. Yep. Uh, number three, Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo. He has a in his. I'll call it a sophomore slump in San Francisco. It's not. I understand it's not a sophomore year, but it's his second year in San Fran. Sophomore slump in San Francisco as a starter. San Francisco will miss the playoffs under Jimmy G. I am actually going to rent this one because it's very possible. Um, I do have the Niners winning or uh, going to the playoffs this year, um, but it's it's a rent for me because you know you don't really know. You know, coming in the second year, you just it's just a wait and see game for me. I'm going to rent this one. I believe that Jimmy Garoppolo can continue doing what he's doing and winning games. You can't you can't expect the guy to keep being. He's currently undefeated right now. Yeah, in, he is. In San, well, total, actually. In New England and San Fran, he hasn't lost a game. Was it total? Yeah. Because oh. hey. Brissett lost that game in New England. Oh, yeah, that's right. But uh, that's not going to continue. But I like Jimmy G. I, he's, he's not going to take San Francisco 16-0. Let's, let's, let's be real. I mean, I do not have him making the playoffs, so I, I agree with Scott in there. But I have them having a pretty good season to uh, line themselves up to making the playoffs next season. So I'm gonna. I'm, so that's officially a rent there. So I'm saying not quite this season. He's not having a sophomore slump, but he's gonna he's gonna continue to uh, build himself a little resume there. Now, number two, on the flip side of that, Josh Rosen, he will win the starting position in Arizona and lead the Arizona Cardinals to a playoff berth. So, well, I guess rent, technically. Um, I think Josh Rosen will take the starting job, so I agree there. So, And that sense is a bye. But I think Arizona will be the one of the worst five teams in the league this season. The worst? One of the worst five? No. Yes. Wow. I think Arizona has a long way to go. I, I mean... Uh, Larry Fitzgerald's on his way out. I, I don't think he's going to be a huge factor this season. I, I think Rosen's going to show a lot of promise, but I think they have a long way to they have a long way to go to get back to being a playoff team. For me, I just want to buy it. For one, I mean, come on, he's going to win. He's going to take the starting job at some point. Absolutely, hundred percent. Um, I want to buy. I really want them to to surprise everyone and and go all the way. In all honesty, I want to see Larry Fitzgerald win a Super Bowl and. You know, I mean, do I think they'll win the Super Bowl? No. I do think there's a very good chance they make the playoffs. So, uh, I'll buy. My thing is the NFC is, is a lot tougher than the AFC. It is. It is, absolutely. At least right now. And last but not least, and this is my, my boldest prediction yet, Deshaun Watson wins the league MVP and leads the Texans to the division title. Bold. I think it is very possible that the Houston Texans lead the division title. I'm going to stand by. I think the Jaguars are going to take care of business and do their thing. But they, the Houston Texans could do, do the job and, and take the division title. 
before Watson went down, he was under 500. Statistically, he was great, but the team as a whole wasn't doing its job. So I and I do not think that Watson will be even be in the top three people mentioned for MVP. Is and, and I had Watson in fantasy last year. I almost cried when he got hurt. <laughs> and not because he got hurt. <laughs> he, he he did me a lot of great things in fantasy. But Watson's going to be a great quarterback in this league. But I do not think this is the season where he's an MVP. Yeah. I'm going to rent as well. Half of that's going to happen. Another half is not. He's not going to win MVP. He's going to have a, a great year, I believe. Um, but I do have them winning the division. I don't know that Jacksonville will win the division again and do what they did last year because they've lost a few, a couple targets on the offensive side as far as you know receivers are. It, Allen and Hurts. It's, it's a huge thing to see what, what Huff can do as the number one guy. I think he can do it, though. Um, but... Uh, I do have the Texans winning the division. Yeehaw! And ladies and gentlemen, that would be all we've got today for uh, the outside blitz right here on Tob, baby. Come on, Tyler. you got to tell me that's growing on you. One of these days. Don't you dare say it. Say it. I'm not going to say it. That's good. Uh, what, Tob? No, the other part. No, the slum of the cob. No! Oh, <laughs> Tyler, come on, man. Come on. You asked what, what he PG, Tyler. PG. So one of these days we're going to just – I'm just going to start off saying, you know what, Scott, I know you have you have words to say. Get your five out of the way and then I'll take care of my ten. Well, it, that's just not going to happen. I'm just going to catch up. He's going to tell you, I have nothing. I don't have anything. And then you're anything. going to say – and then you're going to say, okay, well, never mind, okay. but I do. But okay. wait, there's more. I'm going to say it like Eeyore. Hey, Bert, <laughs> I don't have anything today. I you love me. Um, I don't know about all rigs over here. But uh, thank you very much for listening to the Outside Blitz, folks. Um, for the uh, very troubled Tyler Dean and um, the justify, just, justify, justifiably insane Josh Rigsby. Well, hold on. Before you head out here, let's, let's thank our producer who is in a very tough spot. Right well, now. yeah, I wasn't done yet. You yeah. didn't even let me finish my no, sentence. And I'm taking your spot because this is nonsense. You. You're a dick. Just... <laughs> Thank you to our producer, Jordan Scavone. We is... love you. Yeah, that just sounded weird. But we do. Yeah, we that's do creepy. love him. We do love we, him. We do love him, but that's. I think you're. Weird. I think you're mixing me up with Scotty over here. Scotty loves him. I love him. Um, well, maybe your voice is just creepy. For yeah, our wonderful executive producer, Jordan Scavone, man, thank you so much uh, for everything you do. We, we hope you have a, a very speedy recovery. Homeboy just had his uh, appendix removed, which is uh, just a scary, painful, brutal situation. Um, you know, positive note, you know, he's going to have a little hole there where he can store candy and lose change for later times. But, uh, no, in, in reality, we, we hope he has a, a speedy recovery. We love you, Jordan. And uh, we hope that uh, you do well. So thank you very much for everything you do, man. We love it. And thank you guys. Thank all of you guys who listen. Thank you guys for tuning in. But this has been the Outside Blitz. We'll see you in two weeks.